We're teachers. We get pajama days as our holiday bonus. We're teachers. We have to pay money to go to our staff holiday party. We're teachers. We get new mugs as holiday gifts every year. We're teachers. Our district gives us jeans day passes as our annual holiday gift. We're teachers. We love when non-teachers say things like, you get two full weeks off for winter break. Wow, I wish I had that much PTO. We're teachers. We buy our students mechanical pencils as holiday gifts just to see them laying on the floor by the end of the school day. We're teachers. It's an exhausting time of year, so we let ourselves have two cups of coffee instead of just one. We're teachers. After returning from a break, we start counting down to the next one. Clint, I had no idea you were a teacher. No wonder they're all Democrats. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Luke Kardowski here of thebestpoliticalshow.com. As, of course, we are going to be going live for the te- next two hours with some really incredible human beings in studio today. As, of course, there is a lot of very crazy important news to talk about as South Park has a new special that is very tumultuous. And uh, it looks like the majority of Americans agree with taking Trump off of the ballot as there's also another attack against the Beanie Man and Jack Posobiec. What's going on here? Well... We're going to be talking about that, plus a lot more for the next two hours. So make sure to share this broadcast with your friends, with your family members, as, of course, you could also participate in the conversation by going to LukeUnfiltered.com. And by signing up, you guys get the ability to call in to the show when, of course, we go over to Rumble. The show on Rumble has been doing hyperbolic numbers. It's absolutely insane. You could be a part of those conversations. You could call in. You could ask whatever questions you want just by becoming a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Another way to participate is through MySuperChat.com, another one of our websites where you guys get to say whatever you want. And every Rumble rant, every Super Chat, every MySuperChat.com will, of course, be read. MySuperChat.com is something we like a little bit more because uh, unlike YouTube, they don't take 30%. And, of course, your text, your super chat actually shows up on the screen whenever you guys have anything to say for the conversation. I will be looking at all of those super chats and all those conversations as, of course, this is going to be a very jam-packed conversation as there's a lot of really crazy news to get into today. And helping us break down a lot of this news is Michael Seifert, the CEO of Public Square. Michael, for the people who don't know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? Thanks for having me. Good to be here. My name is Michael. I am the CEO and founder of Public Square. You can find out more at publicsquare.com. We're the nation's largest marketplace of businesses that do not hate you. They love your human liberty. So I, you can put your money with businesses that aren't run by communists. Exactly. Lots of commie-run businesses, lots of ESG, DEI, social credit score, shenanigans. We're going to get into all of that. And I really do think what you're doing is one of the most important things that anyone could be doing, fighting the good fight. As we've been talking about this idea you put it into practice, so thank you so much for, for being here. This is going to be a really great conversation. Joining us for this conversation as well is Clint Russell of the Liberty Lockdown Podcast. Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, as well as Tower Gang. I have had Michael on my show in the past, and I'm so thrilled to have him here. As anybody that follows my work, I have been deep diving ESG and DEI for the longest time, and I cannot thank his efforts enough in the fight 
against woke capitalism. It is destroying our country, and I believe strongly that Public Square is, in fact, the path out, as opposed to just me screaming about it. He went out, and he did it, and that is awesome. So, uh, Steph. Who are you, Steph? And uh, you're pledging today to also uh, dominate the conversation and, and talk throughout all of it, right? Sure. My name is Steph. We are Change Staff, and I'm currently the button pusher, and I will dominate this conversation. Hell yeah. Damn right. We're, we look forward to that. Everyone, of course, does as well in the chat. As we already have a super chat from Charles. Thank you so much for that super chat. I don't think you said anything, but thank you so much for your support. As, of course, this goes towards supporting this independent media operation that is growing and expanding from here. As these issues that, that are affecting America are more important to talk about than ever. As, of course, we have our first article here from the New York Post. That is titled, Most Americans Back Colorado Ruling, Booting Trump from Ballot. This is according to the latest poll numbers highlighting the approval of the Colorado Supreme Court that disqualified Donald Trump because he allegedly was a part of an insurrection, which uh, he was never found guilty of in a court of law. Why are people celebrating a man being kicked off of a ballot arbitrarily, undemocratically, getting rid of the will of the American people? Well, I, th I think it's a sign of some very serious troubles ahead of us, as a lot of people are pointing to the possibility of a larger potential civil clash between the left and the right, which hopefully doesn't happen. But this is why communication is so important, as uh, a lot of people are saying, wait, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe these poll numbers. I can't believe these are true. Do you guys believe they are true with the sentiment and what's happening here in America? Uh, personally, I don't believe the poll numbers. I think it's it's bizarre uh, that it would say the majority. But I looked into it a little bit deeper, and it was it was actually thirty percent allegedly of Republican voters. And I, the only thing I can, can conclude from that is it's probably just the DeSantis and Haley and Haley supporters that are just saying. I just don't want this guy, so I'm going to say, yeah, I support him being removed from the ballot. I yeah. think it, it's probably that. I don't think it's more, it's any more, it's not a philosophical uh, analysis that they're making. No, and I, I don't think the vast majority of people even understand what happened in Colorado this week. I think that uh, there's a, a, a perfect point you just mentioned, which is people don't like Trump. So if the poll question is, do you like this means of not allowing him to run? Meaning, do you like this method for making sure he can't be in your life more? They're just going to say yes to whatever that is, right. which is deeply concerning because <clears throat> constitution be damned is essentially what they're saying. Yeah, yeah the, 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 you brought up a very important point here because how you ask the question during a poll is, is indicative of what kind of answers you will get. And there were many instances that I personally saw of the same issue, but the questions were raised a little bit differently and the poll numbers were completely different from the, the original uh, question and issue that was asked because of the way that people could manipulate language. And, and, and I think we're seeing a, a lot of that, especially when it comes to insurrection, as the law that they're stating is over 100 plus years old, and there's no court convic conviction. This is all based on assertions. This is all based on them saying, we've got to kick him off. He's dangerous. He tried to overthrow the government. No, he didn't. And if he did, he, he did a really poor job at it since he was absolutely not successful and uh, did transition power peacefully, uh, even though there was what a lot of people now call a major setup of Donald Trump supporters at the mm -hmm. U.S. Capitol, as there is a lot of circumstantial evidence highlighting how the U.S. federal government played a major key role in that major incident on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol that now we are finally learning more and more about as the video footage is actually being released on 
Rumble. And as soon as it was released on Rumble, Rumble uh, got uh, a lot of attacks yeah. that uh, shut down its services for about two days and, and made it difficult for us to do the show as we were doing the show from... Uh, Tim's place as well. And we we're doing all virtual shows there. But let's look at the numbers here because this is, um, Steph, let's put the browser on here. This is a YouGov survey, and it says 54% of American adults approve of the ruling, uh, which asked nearly 3,500 citizens. Perhaps more shocking is that 24% of Republicans approved of the decision, though 66% disapproved. And... Um, I don't know who they're polling. I don't, I don't know who they're, they're asking here. But as we've learned through almost every single election cycle, the poll numbers are bunk. Usually they're, they're filled with crap. Usually they're, they're, they have not a lot of truth in, in them at all. And just like we saw when, when Donald Trump was first elected, they were saying Hillary Clinton, 99% chance, 98, 97, 96, <laughs> 95. And then the numbers kept going down and down just like the level of effectiveness for rushed experimental gene therapy that we can't talk about here on this broadcast. Well, what, what concerns me the most about this isn't really the poll, but rather the lack of principles by which the vast majority of Americans analyze these types of topics and questions. It's like, like for, for instance, I don't think there's a politician in America that I despise more than Nikki Haley, like legitimately. And yet, if, if I were to be polled saying, hey... We're just going to accuse her of insurrection and remove her from the ballot. Do you support that? And my answer would be no. My answer would be let's beat her legitimately. Let's beat her at the ballot box. We don't need to be removing candidates. I think that she has the potential to lead us to World War III and a nuclear holocaust, and I still don't want to see her removed from the ballot by fiat. So I think that's the real problem is that there's just not a lot of principled thinking in this country. Well, and a lot of people are basing assumptions on very faulty information. I, your comments earlier, Luke, just reminded me. Ted Lieu, the congressman from, from California today, tweeted... The Colorado trial court held a trial in all caps and made rock solid findings of fact that Trump engaged in insurrection. SCOTUS would not have any basis to overrule the findings. When was the trial? There was no trial. Where yeah. was the defendant? Where was the plaintiff? Like they're just redefining terms. Yeah. So again, if I'm the average American that's just passing through the internet and I'm not actually analyzing what really went on here, then I get pulled a question of, hey, there was a trial. They found him guilty. Do you think he should be able to run? It's like, well, I, I don't know. I guess not. So the people just don't yeah. have more than a 30-second glimpse into what's actually going on. So the left is really good at this because the Ted Lewis of the world will come out and they'll just redefine language because they know people won't take the time to prove him wrong. Right. Well, exactly. And this is why independent media is, is so imperative and so important because if we're not here breaking down all the bullcrap, all the lies, all the weaponization of information, people just buy it. And I, and I really do think we're at an incredible time right now where independent media is being challenged and tested more than it ever has because we are literally going up against a trillion dollar psyop empire that thrives off of lying to the people it could be taken down by um we're still here on youtube family friendly show poop posters i'll just leave it at that <laughs> and and memes that that are wrecking havoc on the official narratives that they're spending so much time and money on and we're just sh showing them point blank hey uh, none of this propaganda works. Now, are we patting ourselves too much on the back? Because I personally think we also need to do a lot more than we're doing right now. I, I, I think we are in, in a better situation than we ever have been when it comes to speaking truth to power. But uh, for me, I think we still need to do a lot more work. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we're not taking any victory laps here. I, I will say that 
the the success we've had in reaching as many people as we have is is a great step in the right direction but we need far far more of it uh but to michael's point about how people will have this kind of 30 second glimpse at the news headline and they don't really dig any deeper good example of this the the senate staffer that was caught filming a sex tape uh last week i was talking to my mom and my uh my dad about it they had no clue they had and these are like relatively in the news in the know type of folks and they hadn't even heard about it and what i realized is like if you're not on twitter that story didn't actually circulate hardly at all and and it's so bizarre when you when you have that realization because you're like this is the story for 48 hours like it's just memes and jokes and you know commentary but if you're not if you're not in the independent media circuit or on twitter or one of the handful of free speech adjacent platforms you're oblivious. Yeah. Well, no. well now, th now there's a second tape, by the way. We're going to talk about that yeah. on, on Rumble uh, when we go over there. But but sorry, Michael. You well, no, it's just if the grandma walks through the Capitol building, you know, she faces prison time. And if a dude literally engages in a sex act with another staffer. All good. All good. In <laughs> fact, in fact, you won't even hear about it. And to your point, too. Even when the the mainstream media apparatus did cover it institutionally, meaning outside of the independent media ecosystem, outside of X, they didn't actually say any of those outlets. They didn't actually say, hey, here's the facts of the case. Like, mm -hmm. this dude did this objectively. This actually happened. They said, Republicans allege. Right. This person that conservatives accuse. Like, it was all about the whole even, conservatives even pouncing the, thing. There's video There's evidence. literally video. And, and the, dude, and the, the one that's fired. And the dude got fired yes. for doing it. And they're like, they're like, Republicans, uh, you know, homophobic attacks on, on Senate staffers. It's like, dude, it's not about homophobia. This is about, like, this is very unprofessional behavior is it not it's it was so weird too and then he posts the weird like non-apology on linkedin which was strange yeah. and yeah the media the media wouldn't bother touching it now we got another one and they're gonna let it sweep on by but again i have friends who like are literally serving prison time for walking in after they were escorted in by capitol police yeah so it's like i, I just i can't uh, it, that that part to me is so hard to reconcile in my mind how there can be a group of people, and I know them, that just say, oh, yep, January 6th, those people absolutely deserve to go to prison. Yeah, even if you just walked around, even though if you were just let in by police, even though you were a credentialed journalist that was there recording what was going on, you still are going to jail. You still are going to be investigated. You know what? Not even that. You don't even need all that now. You're outside of it telling people not to go in, but you make some comments about it afterwards on, on social media, jail right away. And that's exactly what happened to Owen Schroyer. By the way, we interviewed Owen Schroyer on TimCast just a few days ago. And uh, if you haven't watched that video, I can't recommend it enough as his insight and his story is absolutely crucially important as right after his detainment. The, the FBI announced, hey, we're going to be investigating more people, as a journalist specifically from The Blaze. No one's safe here as they're going after people for just political commentary. It's clear as day, and it's a very dangerous escalation that, uh, I'll be honest, I think about a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, hey, they're, they're putting out all the stops. They're going after individuals for just speaking their political expressions and opinions, why wouldn't they come after me? And I think this is the kind of sentiment that they want. They want you in, in a fear state. They want you in a low vibrational state where you have to question everything you do because then you, of course, don't get to speak as honestly as you can. You, you, you hold yourself back. And even that little bit of hesitation stops this larger kind of synchronistic moment of speaking truth to power, which is very, very powerful. So in a way, they're, they're kind of fear state 
Ernie has worked in some ways. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that sentiment, and I don't know how you guys feel about our current state of affairs since uh, it definitely feels like we might be the frogs in the boiling water. It feels like the name of the game is demoralization. I, I, I know quite a few people that are facing two temptations every day. One temptation is like, let's press in, let's fight, not give up. The other temptation is like, F it, man. Like, the, the, if, if, if my neighbor, Sally, is getting arrested for walking on the Capitol steps, which, by the way, we don't address this enough, that she pays for with her tax dollars. And when <laughs> right. they spend all our tax dollars, they just go print more money to cover up from the fact that they already spent all our tax dollars. So, like, she pays for that. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, that's, that's the punishment she faces. Like, well, well, then what hope is there for me? I, I, I sense that there are a lot of folks that every day wake up and feel like they're torn between changing the world and just kind of riding it out as it exists. Oh, I think there's tens of millions that feel that way. But personally, <clears throat> I'm in the position of, like, watching all of this transpire, especially where they go after independent journalists and, and they prosecute them. And, and now they're even willing to arrest and imprison some of them. And... and I guess because of my constitution, how I'm made, it just makes me more dedicated and committed to this path in a way that, like, if if I'm afraid to speak at, at jeopardy of imprisonment, then it is more important than ever that I speak. Yep. If that makes sense, because if I don't, then that means I am allowing that future to be to become uh, you know inculcated. Like it's it's going to be permanent, and I can't accept that. I can't raise a family in a country where I can't speak freely where journalists can't go and cover protests which is really what j6 was i mean it turned it into a riot but it was originally a protest and it's just like it's like if if we actually allow these maneuvers to chill our speech and prevent us from doing what we're most passionate about then we've already lost i've been thinking a lot recently about how we my wife and i have a 13 month old daughter it was our first child and uh I feel like the temptation when it does creep in of gosh, let's let's go go detach and let me just spend time with my daughter and ride this out and all this. I, I get gripped with a level of like, ah, oh, it's super selfish though, because if I just want to kind of enjoy and turn the world off and uh, do that in a way that may be good intention because I want to spend time with my family. I don't want to have to worry about the... At the end of the day, I'm leaving her the remainders of whatever I don't exactly. salvage. And so, uh, man, I'm with you. Like every day, especially over the last year, I've felt an immense amount of passion uh, to, to save the country. And uh, we have to. It's why I love independent media so much because while you do have a target on your back that is uh, ex uh, exorbitant, to yeah. say the least, uh, there's also a beautiful responsibility that comes with that because voices like yours will empower everybody else to finally be able to speak out too. I, I think about this often. The purchase of X was huge toward this aim because before last year, like you, you even try to say anything remotely controversial and you're just gone. Now at least there's this flood of free thinkers that are actually starting to speak. And while they're trying to take us out, uh, I am seeing a level of boldness arise because we're finally seeing like, oh my God, we're not alone. There's strength in numbers here. And, yeah, and, and because one person stands up, a second person will as well. Exactly. And as soon as Twitter did, Rumble became very prominent. And before Rumble, there was other social media platforms that were just absolutely uh, obliterated. When you look at Truth Social, when you look at all these other platforms, they were destroyed, especially when it came to 
Amazon, uh, what is it, OES kind of getting involved there and yep. saying, we're just going to take all of you down because you might have the former president of the United States on your platform, which is crazy. So yeah. um, that was that was a uh, parlor, not truth. Truth uh, is still around. But okay, parlor yeah, got yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they thought right they planned J6 on parlor. Remember that? So they said, hey, January 6 was planned on this social network. It was actually their SMS provider. So there was a, a thing, a tool called Twilio that flagged it to AWS. AWS said, screw it, they're gone. And then we learn in hindsight that after Parler was in the dust, off the app stores and off AWS, completely forced to start over, we learned that J6 was actually planned on Facebook. Yep. It wasn't even planned on Parler. Yep. And there was multiple events. There was multiple texts. There was multiple organization saying, we're going to do this on this particular day, and then there was a massive intelligence failure. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah, it, just, it totally makes sense. And the, and the reality is is that the reason they went after Parler was not because of J6. It was because it didn't have the same back doors that, that the other social media platforms yeah. had. And it was supposed to be just an alternative to Twitter because Twitter right. banned Donald Trump, and they were like, exactly. we're going to have Donald Trump on the platform. They're like, we can't have him speak to the people. Cut him off. Yep. And that's exactly why they why they went after him, which, exactly. is, which, is, which is horrible. Which it just goes to show how weak the establishment is, that the, if they have any, any free speech platform, they are they are an yeah. existential threat. To, or they, at least that's how they perceive it. Uh, it it's, it's both... Uh, encouraging and discouraging simultaneously. Like it's encouraging because it shows their weakness. It's discouraging because it means that like we're in the f a real fight here. Uh, but it just means that we, there's only one way, and that's through. Well, that's why even back to this original story, it's like if you have to silence people from being able to question your ideas, like you're probably not on the right side of the issue. And on top of that, nothing screams we don't rig elections like. We're gonna ban <laughs> our political opposition from even running. You know, you know the guy who's leading in all of the polls. Yeah, yeah he's. You're not allowed to vote for him anymore because we're defending democracy. Yeah, for democracy. For democracy. Yeah, it, if you have to force your ideas on everyone, maybe your ideas aren't that great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe you should reconsider what you're trying to force down everyone's minds and throats when it comes to just destroying intellectual conversations and debate. And this is this is going to be a make or break moment for America. I think this is going to be a make or uh, make or break. Moment moment for for twitter for rumble for a lot of the people who are in jail right now this is, there's a lot at stake here with, with this election and um sadly i don't i only see the stakes getting higher from here i only see more states getting involved i only see more underhanded kind of decisions that will undermine the will of the american people how do you guys what do you guys think is is going to be happening next because this state attack uh, on the ballot is, is one issue I think there's definitely going to be more issues uh, ahead of us. What's the next thing that you think is going to be the galvanizing Pearl Harbor-like event? Well, Tucker Carlson has already talked about it, and I'll have to save it for Rumble, but uh, it is it is an existential threat. Uh, <laughs> I think that if, if their maneuvers to remove Trump from the ballot uh, fail, which I think that they ought to if the Supreme Court does the right thing, then he is on the ballot. I think that he probably wins that election, and then... All bets are off. I'll just leave it at that because I can't talk about it openly on this platform. Well, I, I think in the near term, you mentioned, Luke, about the other states following suit. I did think it was hilarious that the lieutenant governor of California came out and said, hey, we're doing the same thing. And on an official government letterhead, she actually said that, you know, there are two qualifications to be president. <laughs> and one of them was to be 40 years old. It's like, OK, when when you get the it, number yeah, one thing wrong, yeah, by like 15 percent, like that's a pretty substantial. <laughs> so I, I just yeah, I, our, we don't elect the brightest people. Sometimes we don't even 
even elect people. But they, it, I, I <laughs> yeah, just sometimes they're just selected. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I think that in the near term, you're going to see other blue states jump on board. I think Colorado was one of those sort of bellwethers of what they can get away with. And uh, that's concerning to me because now I see just I, I see a bunch of authoritarians salivating about the opportunity to just pour fuel on this fire. And I actually I don't know many people on the kind of authoritarian left that actually believe that Trump will be convicted of any of this or serve any prison or not be able to actually win. I hear a lot of people that are hoping they can beat them by distraction. So mm. I think the next year is just distraction after distraction after distraction. Because if you're having to pour all your money, your time, and your energy into fighting lawsuits and into dealing with these legal matters, like it's no, it's no coincidence they are putting trial dates on Super Tuesday and these different things. It's like they're clearly just trying to run this guy into the ground and hoping that that'll be enough to not get it across the finish line. In the most extreme prediction, you know, I, I have heard solid cases for people being like, yeah, we just might not have an election. I'm like, yeah. Well, that's something I said a couple months ago, personally, myself. Uh, before Colonel McGregor, before Roseanne Barr came out, I kind of made that statement myself, essentially looking at all the ingredients that were being added to this larger kind of chaos pie that we're all forced to eat that we really don't want. And you see a lot of gasoline being thrown on a lot of the kind of social initiatives and a lot of the programs that aren't bringing us together. They're bringing us apart more and more and more. And, and as, as I said before, corrupted individuals don't relinquish power uh, easily. Uh, they don't do it very uh, efficiently. They, they hold on to power as much as they can in very desperate ways. And I, I think that's going to be happening here. And you brought up a, a good point. But I also think it's a double-edged double, double -edged sword when it comes to kind of going after Donald Trump because when you do go after him, he becomes more popular. He rises in the poll numbers more than anyone else uh, in this kind of political election cycle that I have seen in my entire life as every time they go after him, poll numbers go up. He's not, he's not participating in the debates. He's not participating in any of the old establishment, old guard kind of things that you're supposed to kind of do as, as, as a politician. His poll numbers are higher than ever. And at this point, how can you not try to support someone like this when the system is so overtly against him and doing so many illegal things to try to stop him? What, what I've been thinking about with Trump is like, I'm, I'm, I've been really frustrated that he, he hasn't gone back on X since he's no longer banned. And yeah, like, I think that's a miscalculation. I, I want to see him on Twitter. Me I want to see him uh, poop posting. I want to see him memeing. I want to see him engaging with people. He has an opportunity. Elon Musk wants him there, and uh, he's, he's not well, taking that opportunity. He, he, did, he did tweet once after uh, the mugshot. Yeah, the mugshot. And it Just, blew up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was one of the most liked tweets ever, I think. Yeah. But um, what I've been thinking about it, though, is I thought that it was a terrible political miscalculation and, and also it just decreased the quality of my life because I enjoy when yeah. he's on there just talking crap. But um, what, what I started to think about it was, well, as long as he's not really speaking to the broader public, you just have this kind of this this vision of what he was in 2019. You don't even you don't even really think about what 2020 was. You just go like. 2019 was better than it is today, and that's enough. And in some ways, I think it may be prudent for him to be kind of biding his time, come on, maybe 60 days out to the election. He's already got the primary in the bag. He just swoops into Twitter, blows up a bunch of uh, you know journos publicly, and then sails into the, to the White House. I, I, that was just kind of my thought. I don't know. No, I agree. I think most people, again, we're really into this, and so we understand the existential nature of this. I think there are a lot of folks, in fact, I would bet the majority of folks that will end up voting for Trump in 2024 will be the people that say, I was richer 
I was happier. I was healthier. Life was more peaceful. We weren't at war. I remember those days, 2019, felt really good. My taxes were less. I had three grand more a year than I do now. Right. Um, that's my guy. And, and my, my groceries weren't. I didn't have to take out a second mortgage to buy groceries. So. We got a, a rumble rant by Crash Bandit who says, We are living in interesting times. Will TDS be terminal to this country? Only time will tell. Uh, thank you for that rumble rant, Crash Bandit. Do you guys think TDS will be terminal uh, for this country? It it has. I mean, it has the hallmarks of, of a terminal case at this point. I, I mean, just that those polls saying that they're okay with him being removed from the ballot. I think that the vast majority of those people are the ones that are suffering from uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And I can't believe that it's so persistent, like especially after you've been proven that the Steele dossier and the Russia collusion and he was spied on by the FBI. They filed false affidavits. You have uh, the good the good people on both sides, all the stuff that's taken out of context. It's like time after time you've been lied to. You have to have realized it by now. How are you still afraid of this guy when Biden is actively destroying your your standard of living? Actively, and you're and you're still more afraid of Trump. It's just fascinating. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, the Russian collusion scam was predictive programming in order to kind of push us towards a conflict with totally Russia. Totally agree. Um, and it was all set up, uh, all based on lies. I remember calling it out, and the Wall Street Journal came out and and put me on a list, and they said, you know, Lukerdowski, we are change. Uh, Russian state-funded organization. No, no evidence. No information. Wow. Nothing. They're like, you're, you're a part of the, you're, you're a Russian uh, actor. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> so uh, we should have sued them. Uh, we, we, we should have went after them. But um, they, they truly do set up a lot of this stuff. And uh, I, I think the war with Russia is going to be a major incident that they're going to be going after. Sorry, Michael, you had something else no, to say. No, I was just going to agree that I do think Trump derangement syndrome is terminal for kind of a reason you just pointed out. Early on in the Trump days, I wasn't sure if he was this figure that existed in a silo. So he was this monolith that only represented himself. And so all the hatred toward him and all the derangement syndrome was just purely toward him. Or if he was basically the scapegoat for a much broader hatred they have, the authoritarians on the left here, the establishment folks, to anybody that challenges their power structures. I wasn't sure how that was going to play out. And I think very quickly on in Trump's presidency was revealed that like, oh, no, 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 they they just hate us. They hate all of us. <laughs> and Trump is just the one that's on the tip of the spear. And so he's getting all of the... So my point in saying that is that I think one day, long after Trump's gone, the derangement syndrome will only have increased because it was never about him. He was just the one that blew up their plans. And it was actually toward me. It was toward my family. It was toward, you've seen what they've done going after Catholics and going after pro-life organizations and going after independent journalists and going after anybody that questions their war apparatus, going after us as a business for purely exercising the fruit of good, pure capitalism, which is competition. Like you'd never think in a million years that we'd face some of the opposition we've get from Trump trying to uphold American small businesses that love our freedoms. Like that should be something we would all rally around. And yet even at public square, we have experienced derangement syndrome what, what from are, our opposition. What are some of the attacks that you guys have? Well, we have with? the media ones. MSNBC ran a big piece two weeks ago, called us a wacky alt-right platform, trying to build a parallel economy and go all into how these quality brands are actually indicative of a deeper, sinister intention. What, what, what makes you guys alt-right? You like the constitution? Is that, yeah. is that if, all it if, takes? If, if it makes you feel better, uh, curse Matthew, 
interviews of MSNBC called me a right-wing racist teabagger uh, <laughs> a while ago, too. So uh, the, the, they're not usually on point when, when it comes to their uh, descriptions. No. So the Southern Poverty Law Center called myself the Mises Caucus and the broader new iteration of the yeah, libertarian they like movement. You. They don't like us either. So, no. you know, it, we're in good company here. That's how I view it. Yeah. I, it the, the, the more the attacks, the more I feel like we're over target. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I think TDS is here for the long haul. We just need to beat it. Well, um, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the latest because I know you've obviously been very privy to the ESG movement, and that's why your company has been so successful because you guys are the probably the best active participants in that fight. But Tennessee just announced a, a lawsuit uh, against BlackRock mm-hmm. for essentially misleading under some sort of consumer protection law. I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't hit them on the fiduciary angle because I think that's a much more... Uh, reasonable one and, and much more egregious what they've done. But I'm just curious, do you think that this is, has the tide turned? Is ESG in retreat? I think it is. And ESG has underperformed just objectively. So when you yeah. look at portfolios, there was a period of time where there were people like me and you and us shouting, saying, hey, ESG is a big problem. It's a Marxist ideology that disguises itself as an economic philosophy. It's social engineering, yada, yada. But the funds were still somewhat performing. And so it was very difficult for the message to translate as easy as it can now. Today, when we say that same message, that this is a distorted philosophy that's destroying our country and their funds are underperforming, Performing, it's getting these state pensions to be like, well, hold up a second. Right. Like the largest asset managers in the world are embracing an ideology that's leading to our fund underperforming. Like that's our pensions. So I think that's been hugely helpful. And it will get a state like Tennessee, Attorney General, is coming to the table and saying, all right, like time to actually exercise some power against this. It's it's the government version of a class action lawsuit because he's rallying his constituents to go and fight the corrupt powers. So I hope on the fiduciary side, we do see more and more class action lawsuits. You started to see this a little bit when Target did the whole ESG thing because they had their first quarterly earnings miss in six years this summer in response to their Pride Month thing. The last time they missed their quarterly earnings, six years ago, the trans bathroom thing. Oh, no so kidding. they didn't learn their lesson, and that's a perfect time for shareholders to rise up and be like, hey, that's my money. Like, yeah. you're, you're I, I screwing mean, the value. I, did, I mean, whoever thought communists weren't good at business. <laughs> 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 they're, they're, they're good at making people skinny. I'll give them that. We got another uh, super chat by uh, Dick Dickerson, who says, time to uh, defend yourself, time to um, learn how to defend yourself. Also, Steph rules. Dick Dickerson, thank you so much. Uh, Steph, do you have a response to that? Thank you, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Clint. I think you had something to say. If you if you want to finish your thought, feel free because I want to bring up the next story. Sure. No, I, I just think that the the angle that they ought to be taking. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with my background, I was a fiduciary because I, I managed hundreds of millions of dollars. That was my job. So when I first studied ESG, what I realized immediately was that these people are clearly at the highest level violating their highest duty, which is their fiduciary response responsibility to their investors. And for the life of me, for years, I've just been pleading with someone to go after these people for it because it's so obvious that they are putting ideology and kind of this, this as he described it, this Marxist philosophy ahead of their investors' capital uh, you know, interests. And it's just, it's just infuriating that these people are managing more money than any companies have ever managed in, hist- in human history anywhere on earth, and they are doing so against the the interests of their of their investors it's so so crazy and 
like you see what happens to Alex. Jo- or I can't say his name. Alex, AJ. Uh, <laughs> you see what happens to AJ? He gets hit with a billion dollar fine. I'm like, where's Larry Fink's fine? Where is it? Come yeah. on. And, and it's not just uh, AJ. It's also Elon Musk who's being sued in the same way by the same lawyers that went yeah. after uh, AJ. It's also Rudy Giuliani, which which brings up our story here perfectly as he is now ordered to pay $148 million immediately as a judge is warning that he could be trying to hide his assets in order to try to avoid paying the Georgia election workers, which he allegedly defamed. This is this is a, a major case because it just shows you how legal lawfare is being implemented in such an unfair way. And it, it doesn't matter what you did. It, it doesn't matter what you said. What matters is what kind of lawyers you got, what kind of judge you got, but more importantly, where are you going to have this court proceeding as a jury of your peers definitely has a new meaning now, especially with how politicized everything has gone in our society and how many leftist centers like in Washington, D.C., like in New York City, like in Atlanta, Georgia, specifically have a constituents of individuals who, of course, don't care about right and wrong. They care about punishing people because they expressed wrong political thoughts and expressions that they just don't like. And with the system normalizing this attack on individuals and their livelihoods and all of their financial security, taking all that money away from them has a huge impact. As, of course, this is Trump's former lawyer. Trump's former lawyers are being indicted. People are going after them. They're losing a crap ton of money. They're, they're, they're not going to be able to, of course, survive or sustain themselves. This is also just another kind of chilling effect on a lot of people who now, of course, will have to think twice. Like, hey, I better be careful with what I say. I better not accuse people of the wrong thing. I better not make any kind of mistakes here because uh, unlike the corporate media, you're not protected by the establishment. And uh, I feel the corporate media has gotten away with a lot of really horrible slander, libel, defamation, and just outright psyops that have led to the tremendous life loss of innocent human beings. Will they ever be held accountable? Will the New York Times ever be held accountable for all the lies about weapons of mass destruction? Nope. But Rudy Giuliani will for making an offhanded comment about some Georgia election workers that will cost them $448 million that he's going to have to liquidate and give to them immediately or else he'll go to jail, well, which is crazy. What's even more concerning to me is like it's not necessarily that the jurisdictions and the juries are having these findings. In many of these cases, it is it is the judge themselves that is preventing a defense from being presented. That's what happened with AJ. That's what appears to have happened in Colorado with Trump. Uh, like it, I don't, I don't know the details on the Giuliani case, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar story there. And it's just time and time again, you have these judges that are are basically making a legitimate defense impossible. And like, then you don't have jurisprudence. You don't have a legal system at that point. You just have gulags and you know persecution. Well, even judges now are valuing property, yes, giving assessments yes. on on property values. In the town that I live in, by the way, and so if if you can get Mar-a-Lago for eighteen million, dude, then I'll, I'll then buy. my house is <laughs> improperly assessed. Uh, but I, I agree. I think if you look at uh, Rudy Giuliani, seventy nine years old, and back to the question of is TDS a terminal illness for the long haul? It's like you're really gonna ruin the rest of this guy's life because of who he supported. And because he dared question election, even though, by the way, Stacey Abrams still questions her election oh, yeah. in that state. So it's like it shows the human evil uh, 
I almost even hesitate calling it human. It's almost more inhuman. Uh, at the core of these people, like the darkness that a human heart can achieve, that this guy is 79. He served his entire life for the betterment of people. Is he a perfect guy? No, of course. Is he kind of weird? Of course. Does he deserve to have to pay $148 million to it? Of course not. And also, it reminds me of AJ because it's the same sort of deal. A billion dollars you have to pay because you dare speak out of turn. It's like, he doesn't have that money. We all know he's not going to pay that. But they do it because they want to send a message to you and to me to say, shut up. Don't question. Exactly. Yeah. The, the poor guy can't even get good hair dye. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> I had to. That, uh, that, that picture is, uh, is classic. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a mixed, I have a checkered past with, with Rudy. Um, I, I personally, growing up in uh, New York City after uh, 2001, there, there, I'll bring it up on, on Rumble. I'll be able to explain it there. But how can you not have kind of sympathy for the guy? Even though we were, we were like, there was a lot of tumultuous things between me and Rudy. But, but looking at this situation, I, I remember being in an event where he was uh, speaking at. I was there backstage. And uh, usually I would have this opportunity, like, yeah, I'm going to turn on the camera, ask him some hard But I'm like, why? Like, he's being attacked by almost every single vector of the establishment that are trying to destroy him because he represented the former president of the United States. It's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I, I, I think this is why what you're doing, Michael, is so important because legal lawfare and, and taking away the financial resources of individuals is their main kind of attack vector. And if we could actually vote with our dollars, if we could support independent media, if we could support companies that actually do good things, if we stop investing into the further enslavement and the destruction of our human life and will, all of this would stop if we would just make conscious choices with our dollar. A lot of people say, you got to vote, you got to vote, you got to vote. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not that I'm not that uh, I'm not a big fan of voting personally myself. I'm a big fan of you voting with your clicks, your likes, your your attention, and more importantly, your dollars, which I think is key. It's essential. So um, maybe we could talk about what you're doing with, with Public Square. How does it kind of tie into to all of this? As I think it's it's more essential than ever that we invest in the future fight for freedom and liberty in this country and not invest in the people attacking us for being who we are and and and, pri- and who prioritize essentially uh, a population reduction policy that we're all being affected by in so many negative ways. I know it's a little bit of a tangent that I was just no, on, but, but um, how do you see this kind of moving forward? It's, it's very true. It's not a tangent. Uh, the desires out of the top of these major corporate entities are about smaller groups of, in their minds, more perfect people that, that get along with their ideas. Too much of that individual freedom thing and too much of you operate... Nah, uh-uh. Especially in a lot of these companies, by the way, that don't rely even on mass consumerism. Like, say, you look at the Salesforce, one of the largest software companies in the world, run by a guy named Mark Benioff. And Mark Benioff, when he amassed quite a bit of power through his enterprise software for businesses with an awful customer service experience, by the way, uh, sold out American workers. He gets huge. Then he decides to buy Time Magazine, calls himself the most anti-conservative CEO in the country, funds lawsuits against President Trump, silences Project Veritas and cancels them from his platform, makes his entire shtick political evangelism, 
and did all of this and amassed all of this through a lobbying juggernaut within his business. So he got his media buddies in, he bought time, so he gets his cover in the media. And Jeff Bezos was the same way. Amassed Amazon, sold out a lot of what we cherished in our country, screwed a lot of small businesses in the process, buys Washington Post, the cycle continues. So for and, us... And then works with a lot of intelligence agencies yeah. and intelligence-linked uh, programs, especially when it comes to decrypting um, encryption and also facial AI recognition technology that is also very Orwellian as well. Sorry, I just had to... No, you're right. Why does Amazon need... Didn't they buy 23andMe? Yes. By 23 or Ancestry.com, one of those. It's like, why, why, why do you need that, Amazon? You're a retail platform. Why do you need DNA uh, lineage records? Like that? It's just, it is this global cabal. Amazon has 19 lobbyists focused on the FTC alone. It's, it's an absurd enterprise. But point is, how do we counteract it? We have to shift the profit centers. And this is to your point. If we can actually move where the money goes and we can move the incentive and reward structures in society, we can change who profits in the equation, then ultimately we win. We push back in a pretty profound way. It's the thing that the tyrants are most afraid of. They are afraid of profits decentralized in the hands of we the people. They are horrified that you would have a free thought. They are horrified of Main Street, by the way. They do not like the idea that we'd be a country full of people that have thousands of options to choose from. They want to be a country full of people where it's Procter & Gamble, Unilever, Hewlett-Packard, and a few other friends of theirs. That's it. That's all you're allowed to have. You can't have a wide variety. And the illusion of variety is on their side too, because you'll go to the grocery store and you'll say, wow, look at all these products. And then you actually look at who owns them. Turns General out it's, Mills. it's five companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think for us, you know, we're really proud to be a marketplace of over 75,000 small businesses that are all independently owned and That's operated, amazing. run by families. Uh, most of these are one location businesses. They service products in a really honest manner. Um, and they make incredible stuff. Most of my outfit right now is Public Square. Uh, most everything we do now is through Public Square. I bank through a Public Square bank. So Very cool. I feel like my whole economic life has been decentralized and de-risked in a major way because I'm transacting with people that don't hate me and you know, don't want to cancel you know me. What I, I just want to ask really quick, sure. what do businesses have to do to qualify to be on Public Square? And what's kind of the vetting process? So there's three parts to it. First is when businesses sign up, there's a little add your business button. And you see, uh, as a part of the experience, five core principles. You can find those at publicsquare.com. And the five core principles essentially speak to what we stand for as a platform. We love life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We're not going to speak in a way that's against the family unit. The Constitution guides our steps, not government. That's actually our fifth value. It's that my rights are protected by the Constitution. Government did not give me my rights, so they cannot take them away. This was hugely important, especially during like the COVID season, for example. Uh, when government was trying to enforce businesses taking away individuals' rights. I was Af one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. you were. Yeah. yeah, we were in California, man. My goodness. Uh, it's called California? Yes, the People's <laughs> Republic. Uh, and the second part after the five core values is that they're actually vetted by uh, two things. Number one is a scoring system. So we wrote an algorithm called the PSQ score that essentially scrapes anything a business has ever posted on their social media or posted on their website. And it's flagging language. So it's looking for, is there a DEI thing? Is there an ESG statement? Is there some sort of uh, inclusion initiative? Are they giving money to hyper-leftist causes? Whatever it might be. It formulates a score, one to five, and that's like a helpful framework for us to understand where we need to start on a vetting process. And then the third part is the most important, which is actual human verification. So real humans in a room, we have 12 of them. 
uh, split between California and Florida that are basically going and scanning every business and their inputs, their profile, what they're building, vetting for two things, not just values alignment, which is what we talk about a lot, but also the quality of the business. We want to make sure that these businesses are ready to handle traffic. We've absolutely blown up businesses in a really positive way. Um, we want to make sure businesses are ready for that and are providing a quality experience. So yeah, well, so I'm cool. on the website right now highlighting uh, the, the five core values that, he's got, that you guys have for everyone. We also got a super chat from Eric, and he's asking, I've been a user and supporter of Public Square since the beginning, and I love it. Hey. Could you explain the vision on where you would like it to be in five years and give us a rundown on how to implement it on a daily basis? Thank you. I love it. First of all, thanks for joining us. Actually, Luke, were you there the first Timcast, August of last year? Um, were you there the first time I was I there? I think I was. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, you yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah, Been yeah. on a few uh, times, yeah. and I think you were there the first time. I remember that. Uh, we got the invite to come on and talk about Public Square, and it, it, we weren't ready, but it was amazing. It, we were ready in, in one way. Um, we were excited about it, and thankfully, the the country through Timcast, which I know we're going to talk about a later story. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Mediaite doesn't think many people know about him. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, not that influential. Yeah. The, the beanie man. We don't got to worry about him. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's nobody. He's our, our, our platform traffic speaks to the contrary. Um, so first of all, I think it was Eric that chimed in. Thank you so much for the support. We've had a blast over the last 18 months. We launched almost 18 months ago. We hit a million members on the platform faster than Twitter, Airbnb, Spotify. The growth has been insane. And for us, the responsibility has been, let's keep up with it um, and build a party that folks can come into and really enjoy. The future, as we look out five years, uh, two things I would note right off the, the bat. Number one is we really are going after an Amazon-like shopping experience. You'll see on November 1, we launched e-commerce. You can actually transact with a click of a button in our own shopping experience, which is huge. Uh, that's going to continue just advancing as we move forward with more and more vendors. We have over 75,000 now representing millions of products across different industries. Uh, we're going to continue building that user experience. The other thing I would say is that we are looking at owning the infrastructure underneath everything, meaning as time goes on, we've built a great customer acquisition channel. We're helping folks spend money with businesses that do not hate them. They can put purpose behind their purchase, have a trust-based transaction. It's awesome. Where we're going, though, is actually owning all the elements like payments that are underneath it. So PSQ payments is something we're really excited about that we've begun to build. Um, there's a lot of elements that we're building that keep us cancel-proof and also allow us to then provide that service we build to our business vendors. Last thing I'll mention, I can't wait for retail. There was a, there was a day when we had community stores you guys probably remember this. Of course. Small towns, you walk in, and you've never recognized the name because it's owned by one family. It's not a part of a chain. It's independently owned and operated. And they've got your essentials in there. Do they have 70 brands for each product? No, no, no. They've got two or three. It's your essentials. They've got some snacks in there. Maybe there's a deli in there as well. All the goods are sourced locally, and you know the people behind the counter. There will be, my prediction a new American Renaissance era where folks hunger for what feels antiquated today. I believe people are going to want that type of relational transaction experience. So while Amazon is going to the robot stores, you guys know, where you can walk in and you never actually have to talk to anybody and you can scan your stuff and walk out, we're going to go the other way. We're going to go back to community stores and uh, that's something that we've started it's, to run. So you're out. saying we won't get any uh, digital RFID palm prints no. or face scans or retina scans to, to pay for our, our product conveniently to the corporate overlord? 
landlords that are working on enslavement technology that will destroy every sense of privacy that we have in our life? <laughs> we have not Aww. been taking notes from Sweden. That, We're staying away from the Sweden Klaus Schwab does not like you. That's no, so doesn't. inconvenient. Yeah. Why can't I just pay with my biometric data that will <laughs> track, trace, and database me it, and punish me for my political thoughts and expressions? This uh, is going to be really tough to roll out a, a social credit score with your company around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Chai Coms the are not going to be happy with you, Michael. Okay? But, but uh, that means we're doing our job. It's so great that you brought up the the small town uh, feel because as you were talking before you got to that line, the whole like what I was trying to interject with was this reminds me of small town America. It reminds me of like when you go into those towns, which most of them are ghost towns now. By the way, if you drive through any of those older towns, like they're almost gone. It's really sad. Uh, but what this what this reminds me of is basically uh, an Amazon internet replacement or or uplifting a revitalization of that kind of spirit. And I think it's so important. Uh, you know, actually, this is going to be uh, critical of your new uh, number one guy, Tucker Carlson. But I, I, I'm a huge fan of his. But he he was uh, on with Glenn Greenwald a couple of days ago, and he was critiquing libertarian capitalism. And he was saying that, that libertarianism has ultimately led us to the dollar store way of life. And I just couldn't disagree more. Uh, what, what we're actually experiencing is not I mean, as long as you have a central bank, first and foremost, you're not in a libertarian capitalist model. But uh, what we've really experienced is is cronyism bordering on fascism that has led to less and less choice, less and less options, a less and less free market, uh, and, and totally the antithesis of libertarianism or capitalism for that matter, certainly not free market. So I think that, that companies like yours and all of the companies that you uh, service are going to be really the next wave. And I hope I hope sincerely that multiple billion dollar corporations come out of the the back end of your operations i think it'll be uh, an amazing blessing for our country and and ultimately the only way we will outcompete china is to re-embrace free market capitalism not to become more like them yeah exactly and and what we're going through is kind of like uh, crony uh Corporatism. Yes. If you look at every aspect of our economy, it is rigged. It is manipulated to the point where it's unfair for everyone. Mm -hmm. you, how, how, how are we supposed to compete with, with all these tax incentives, with all these kickbacks, with all this money, with all these secret bailouts that are happening from the Federal Reserve Bank that's literally going to all these corporations and saying, you lost a little, bu a little bit of money? Don't worry. We'll cover it. You yeah. made some money? Yeah, you keep it. No problem. The, the average American doesn't have that luxury of being bailed out continuously. And there were secret corporate bailouts that happened during COVID that happened during 2008 that most Americans don't know about that shifted the economic landscape in such a horrendous way that now we're dealing with the ramifications of it. And guess what, folks? It's only going to get worse from here as, of course, the levels of manipulation, the levels of money printing are just astronomical and they're only going to go up from here. And this is why supporting local businesses, supporting Individuals who actually stand by your ideas and beliefs is going to be crucial because, uh, you know, there might be a situation and, and, and look, I studied this and I, and I traveled to a lot of countries that dealt with hyperinflation. What matters most during those types of situations are the networks and communities you have. Mm -hmm. So going local, supporting your businesses that actually align with your political ideas and beliefs, being able to barter with them could mean life or death for a lot of individuals. And again, I, I've been to Zimbabwe. I've been to, to Venezuela. I've seen it all. I've heard the stories of, of individuals literally going to the supermarket and in their time, the price of groceries literally doubling or tripling just through their shopping experience. They're, all the restaurants there literally have stickers with new prices there every single day because of the level 
of inflation that the, the poor people had to go through as everything that they worked for literally was just melted away right in front of them like ice. And that, to me, is one of the biggest injustices in this world. The level of economic inequality, the level of economic attack that poor people sustain, especially through inflation, that, to me, in my opinion, is criminal. Well, I've I've made this point before, but just to give people perspective on what we're talking about, it took over 200 years of American history before until the 1980s when we hit our first $1 trillion uh, national debt. We've racked about $2 trillion over the past 12 months. So... 200 years to get to one, one year to get to two more. We're at about 34 trillion. It is, we are in the, the hockey stick phase of this, uh, you know, the parabolic rise phase. And it's, it's going to be very, very painful. They either, either they're going to have to maintain the interest rate hiking cycle, which Jerome Powell has stayed pat on for now, but he's now signaling that three cuts are going to come next year, which means the inflationary spigot gets turned back on, or he, st- he, he holds steady at the Fed funds rate where it's at today, in which case we likely have a spiraling, uh, you know, liquidity crisis against the, across the banking industry, a la 2008, 2009. It's going to be painful either way is my point. So the the small business outlets and doing business with companies you want to support and keep alive will be more important than ever. Mm-hmm. But also for your for your safety and also for your uh, well-being. As, and again, those relationships that you have in your community during a, a time of crisis are going to be more important than ever. And it, it doesn't have to be a political crisis. It could be a, a natural disaster. It, it could be... Solar friend, whatever it could be, the the local relationships you, you have, the, the the relationship you have with your neighbors, the the relationship you have with local businesses, more important than ever. So, Michael, I think what you're doing is very important, bringing people together, letting people know that hey, I stand behind these values. You could find me here. You have a map too. Is the map active yeah. yet? Oh yeah. yeah. No. So so yeah, you could literally go on Public Square. You go on the map, and you're like, okay, I could find a business here, here, and here, and here. And uh, what better way to vote with your dollar and, and make it as easy, as simple as you can with Public Square. So, so I thank you for doing that as, of course, the national debt, very close to $34 trillion. It is $33.9 trillion right now. And uh, we might uh, reach 34 by the end of uh, this year as we are very close to, of course, just record levels of U.S. money printing that there's no going back from. And this is why your support, again, is more crucial than ever. We thank everyone for, for doing the Super Chats and the Rumble Rants and the Streamlabs. It, it means a lot to us, uh, and it's really awesome to see this level of kind of participation in this kind of news organizations. Now we're going to be moving away from this technocratic, censorious digital gulag known as YouTube. (laughs) And we're going to be moving over to a a free speech bastion that is fighting, especially in a court of law, especially with the lawsuits, for your individual free speech, for you to discern information for yourself as a grown adult. Yes, the people fighting for you to be able to discern information and hear both sides of the story is the platform that we are going to be going over right now, leaving YouTube. There's a bunch of you guys here on YouTube. What are you doing? Get out of here. Go on rumble.com forward slash we are changed. Rumble.com forward slash we are changed as this conversation is continuing. And uh, there's going to be some shots fired against the Beanie Man. There's going to be some interesting conversations surrounding South Park, dating, and Epstein list. We're going to get into all of that stuff, plus a lot more. All the stuff that we can't talk about here on this censorious platform will be talked about specifically 
on Rumble. Michael, before we go over there for the YouTube audience, uh, any last words for them? And where can they find you and support what you're doing? Well, if you want to change the country with the power of your wallet, you can head to publicsquare.com. We'd love to help you do that. And we can connect you to an incredible marketplace of people that would love to serve you with customer service, quality, excellence, meritocracy, a feeling of old school Americana. I love it. So I love what we built. Love building it with you. Head to publicsquare.com. I'm on X as well, at Real Michael Seif, the first four letters of my last name, S-E-I-F, and post there most days. So we'd love to talk about economics, politics, culture with you on that platform. And thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, if Josh is watching, by the way, let's add all that information that Michael just said into the description, and let's change the the Rumble title to something like "Shots Fired at Beanie Man Temple." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which let's change that title on on Rumble. Clint, where can people find you? Well, stop giving your money to companies that hate you. Stop it. Go to Public Square. Sign up. Go to Rumble. Sign up. Support the people that are actually putting out like honest, real content. Stop feeding the beast. All right. Thank you. Uh, at Liberty Lockpot on X, Liberty Lockdown's the show. I will be back on YouTube next week. I have been on 30 Days Gone Gone. Uh, but uh, you can also find the latest on Rumble, which is dropping immediately after we finish on Rumble at 6 o'clock Eastern. Steph, uh, people, again, are, are trying to hear more from you. I'm just saying. So I have an idea. I propose that we do a public square challenge where... Only buying from things on Public Square. That's it. At least like one week and see if you can do it. Like love it. You're from your groceries, from the your clothing, from the things you use in your kitchen to clean up and keep the house clean. How cool would that be if we can try to do like some sort of public square challenge? That's what I'm thinking. All, all I ask, I'm in. all I ask is that when Michael Seifert becomes a billionaire, he doesn't start to build rockets and take testosterone no. like no. Jeff Bezos. Hey, 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 Clint. There's nothing wrong with testosterone, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with rockets. Okay, I. Uh, Oh, I did not know you were a big Bezos fan. All right. Well, news. Uh, I'm not a huge space guy. I don't like fake tans. <laughs> and uh, and I'm happily married. So, All right, good yeah, I, I think we're safe. <laughs> I'm going down to the bottom of the ocean. That's what I want to do. Oh, I, like the, I like the James Cameron. If I had a choice to go to out to space... Or to go to like Mariana's oh, no. Trench, I want to see the bottom the, of the ocean. The That's where last, I go. last year that didn't go so hot. No, you, you can't go in a tin can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your yeah, soda no. can down the Titanic hey, is hey, not the hey, move. Hey, but hey, that soda can had a lot of DEI efforts. Okay, it and, you're right. And, it was and very and had a lot of inclusive. Yes. Uh, it was a very diverse <laughs> captain yes. class. Yes, so. the yes. death was very diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. really cared about their uh, optics and race relations. So at least they had that. So yeah, we're going to be talking about that plus a lot more. Go over right now. Get off YouTube. Foo, this is nasty. This is bad. Get off of here. Foo. No, don't do it. Go on rumble.com forward slash we are change. Rumble.com forward slash we are change as we are officially transitioning off from YouTube. There's a little bit of a delay here. And of course, we have the article that uh, we were mentioning and teasing here for a while. And this is the Mediate dot com article that reads poll republicans don't know or trust far-right influencers like jack posobic and tim pool showing a, a, a photo of the beanie man going like this looking all weird jack posobic looking a little weird too and essentially describing how they did a survey and no one likes them and trust them and i'm sorry i just call bullshit here uh this is a direct attack on some of the most 
prominent influencers in our sphere that are absolutely intellectually honest compared to almost all the other fucking bullshit artists that don't fucking share both sides of the story that don't talk about stories in an open, honest way that don't try to bring perspectives and people from the opposing political sides onto their fucking shows. And I, I think it's fair that both of these individuals, even though I disagree with them on some political ideas and expressions, these, I, these individuals are having a huge, tremendous influence, and I think this is why they're getting such treatment by Mediaite and the corporate media that has been going after them for a very, very long time. And again, I have my disagreements with these individuals. These individuals I address directly, and we have conversations about it like grown adults. And that conversation is is entertaining. It's it's awesome to see someone able and willing to to have conversations that are outside of their world kind of uh, purview. A lot of people don't do that in this in this alternative media space. I would say these individuals do, and um, I know these two individuals, and uh, I, I I call them and consider them my friends. So seeing this attack just shows you, I think, how desperate the machine is trying to attack them, trying to to set up this kind of ideology that they're bad, they're not popular, they have no influence at all, which kind of shows the opposite of that, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Believe me, I wish that Poso didn't have that much of influence because when he, uh, when he tweeted out a picture of me when I was on IRL and I talked a little bit of smack about him, about his, his bloodthirsty remarks when it came to uh, Russia's alleged attack on Poland, and, he, and he, he quote tweets me and he says, Fat Fred Durst to his two million followers. Let me tell <laughs> no, you. To be fair, he said, he said, he said lard biscuit. Lard biscuit, thank you. When, when he said that, uh, let me tell you, his influence is significant because I still get called that to this very day. So, fuck you, uh, Posobiec, But uh, <laughs> I, call Clint, I call Clint that a lot. <laughs> but, but no, I, I, in in all seriousness, though, uh, big fan of both those guys, and and I think that you know they give they give genuine analysis. They they seem to actually be in pursuit of truth, which is very rare. I think that's the reason that they have such a groundswell of authentic following. Uh, certainly with Tim, I've, I've been very impressed by him. I've been on the show, I don't even know how many times, seven or eight times at this point. And, you know, he's, he's exactly who you would think off the show as he is on. He's, he's really passionate. He really cares about what he's doing. He really wants to be in the culture war as, as well as the political uh, fight. Uh, I think that their, their influence can't be overstated. And most importantly, he's willing to platform anybody. You know, he's willing to have anybody on his show. He wants to, he wants to have... Uh, you know, metal meet metal and and see you know see who can prevail. Yeah, in, he had in the, the, whole, he had the horse lover Chank Uger on. Yes, exactly. I, I, so so he's willing to to have a lot of people on. <laughs> well, and he doesn't even consider himself a Republican. He doesn't yeah. call himself like no. a card carrying Republican. It's what I love about Tim. He's just a free thinker. He he he, he goes where freedom is and understands yep. that cultural. Uh, conservatism is probably the right way to go in terms of not just letting society go off the rails with this enforcement of woke nonsense. Like, he, he comes from it from an issues perspective first instead of party first, which I thought it was interesting. I re appreciate that about both Tim and Jack. I thought it was interesting that other two creators this article mentioned, which is Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens. So they actually did a poll about four people, right? It was Candace, Ben, Jack, and Tim. And they basically said, oh, all the Republicans know about Candace and Ben, and very few Republicans know about Jack or Tim. Uh, not only do I think that this is a uh, poor litmus test of where the Republican Party is actually at, right. case in point, by the way, Candace and Ben were both like hardcore Team DeSantis in the early days, 
And we've learned that that's clearly not what the American people wanted. Meanwhile, folks like Bannon, Jack, or Tim have all been from right. basically the beginning of the primary, like, hey, we're we're kind of thinking Trump's the guy. It's clearly what what the American people want here. So I think it's interesting that this article chose those other two, and it feels a little pointed, and it feels like they're trying to blow wind in their sails, which is odd, and they're both with Daily Wire, which is strange. All I can speak is from personal experience in saying that we've done a lot with a lot of different people in the conservative movement, and consistently, Tim and Jack tend to be some of the people that drive the most traffic to our movement, to our platform, building the parallel economy. So, Mediaites on crack. This uh, yeah, this absurd. doesn't resonate with us. Yeah, no. Alex Bruce. The math don't math. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good point. Alex Brusowitz actually said, "How to say we got crushed online without saying we got crushed online?" Yeah, uh, going on and saying you guys are clowns and the worst pollsters in America. There's another photo of Tim kind of freaking out when he hears this news. But uh, the more that that they attack them, the more popular. They they make them. This is, I think, one thing that they don't understand in this larger pr perspective, or maybe they do. Um, but uh, it, it clearly does show you that there is kind of a, a fear a against individuals who are able to garner an influence and not be totally bought off and not be totally paid for and are able to go after certain narratives, are able to shitpost, are able to express ideas that aren't what the system wants them to be. They want you thinking one way. They want you believing one thing. They want you saying the approved government message. And uh, some individuals, like, let's be honest, Ben Shapiro usually do say the approved government message. He, he did tell people to get vaccinated. He is very kind of uh, neoconservative, especially when it comes to American foreign policy. You do see a lot of the kind of establishment thinking that we see now portrayed in the establishment pushing individuals like Nikki Haley, pushing individuals like Ron DeSantis, as they have bankrolled and financed a lot of their kind of campaigns. And uh, when you see the money connections, when you see everything from kind of a, a deeper perspective, I, I think there's there's a reason why the, the, the two people mo most outside of the establishment box polled the least uh, in this, quote, poll. Yeah. Well, and and let's be honest, too. It's like just because like maybe Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens are more well known, but also who gets more hits on the the legacy media platforms? Almost, I mean, Candace used to do Tucker regularly, right? Yep. So, like, of course she's going to be known by more people. She's She has that opportunity to go talk to millions of people multiple times per month. Uh, I just don't think that it's really symbolic of their actual broader influence on the culture. And, and, and there's something to be said for how passionate your following is. Like, for instance, I would imagine with your company, very passionate user base. Like, the, those, like, the type that Steph says. It's amazing. We're, we're, we're just, so grateful for we're, it. We're just going to, we're going to buy everything from Public Square. No, that'd, mean, be, that'd be a great video, actually. Like, if we do a video, documentary video in a week, we're going to buy everything from Public Square. This is who we met in the local area. This yeah, is the map amazing. we used. We're going to buy everything here. That would be a great. No one take it. I said it live. <laughs> I no one it. take this idea. It's we're the in. Public Square challenge. <laughs> I'm in. But, but maybe we could just do uh you know we we could do it with uh we could just make everyone do it but but uh, clint will get all of his feminine products on there and <laughs> we have those for you hey at least they know what a woman is yeah we do yeah. we have a we have a fem care company called garnu on the platform and their slogan is so simple it's just a girls only club i'm like that's a very smart marketing campaign nice. absolutely yeah. i think i saw some like uh, uh influencers talk about that yeah. specifically yeah 
Um, and and uh, this is the way this is the way to do it. Financially arm individuals to be able to protect themselves, stand up for each other, and, and do some really awesome things by by having things in the reserves to be able to stand behind and be able to defend yourself. That's key. That's more important than well, ever. And the the broader point I was making is that it's not so much you know the the reach. If you like, you can have mass reach, especially if you're on CNN and you get put in all the for fucking sure. airports. People are going to recognize Brian Stelter, but they don't. They don't actually listen to Brian Stelter and go, I want to buy a product because Brian Stelter told me to. Whereas, you know, like potatoes. My, <laughs> if, if, if the potato man tells you which type of potato is the one to buy, I would actually listen to him on that. But aside yeah. from that, don't take any fucking opinion from that guy. Uh, but my point is, you know, like uh, Tim, I think he, his audience is very, very dedicated. It's quite evident by the fact that he has 40,000, give or take, live viewers every single night. Always, always racks 300 plus per, per show. Uh, those are very dedicated, steady viewers. They're going to listen to his opinion. They're going to take it to heart. They're going to go out and buy the products that he recommends. Same thing on a much smaller scale. Uh, Liberty Lockdown, I'll do fifteen to 20000 But uh, every time I have a sponsor on, they go, dude, your conversion rate for these numbers is fucking nuts Like compared to the average bigger platform out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's just like the, the loyalty means something. Yeah, and I want to get into Nikki Haley and who's supporting her as all the major financial institutions are now bankrolling her. But before doing that, we have a couple super chats. We got another one from Eric who says, quote, my wife and I run online stores on eBay, Marchari, Postmark, and Depop. Could you please add a section to rival these companies? Not only are they woke, but they have made it prohibitively difficult to make money. I would love to bring our products to Public Square. Love it. It is our most requested feature, Eric. So uh, know that it's a very high priority of ours. Direct selling, uh, just product by product, rather than linking your business kind of in an Amazon model, uh, is, is absolutely something we're adding. You mentioned bartering earlier, too, which is becoming a very popular thing, like actual trades, so one-to-one -one trades. Uh, there's a cool way that we can kind of pull both of those things off together in the future. So we'll, we'll update you more, Eric, on when that's coming around the corner. But it's actually, thankfully, not the heaviest technical lift out of all the things we're trying to build, so that's good. I think it would be cool to have something, again, this is just my kind of like random thought here, like a Facebook marketplace. But for individuals to not only sell stuff, but to trade stuff like, hey, uh, I like what you have. I will offer you a trade of this in exchange for this. I think that would be awesome, too, because then it's not financial resources. And uh, then the tax man doesn't really get his cut. Or then maybe they would because they would be watching everything. And I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Not a financial expert. Not here telling you what to do here. But I think it would be cool to set up like a barter system, like a, like a, like a wild, wild west kind of uh, situation where you have everyone's products. I want this. I have this. Let's see if we can make a barter. Let's see if we can make a deal here. I think that would be really cool. We will well, not. Really we awesome. will not be avoiding any taxes. IRS that is yes. watching. Right yeah. Now. Yes. Yeah, 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 my yeah. IRS agent, one of eighty-seven thousand. <laughs> I think. I think my IRS agent likes me. Actually, I think he thinks I'm funny. I'm slowly radicalizing yeah, my exactly. FBI agent. Exactly. He's so. he's in. Um, but what I will say is that yeah, the way we've thought about doing this is basically saying, let's say I have something that I believe is worth two hundred dollars, then I'll match with somebody else that believes they have something worth $200. So you try to do it on a values basis. That way I'm not seeing a keychain, a plant, and a car all on the same display because those are wildly different values, but I can actually barter with people based upon sort of shared values, going back to the old way of doing things. That's very interesting. And when you can actually tie it to some sort of... I mean, this is where it gets really exciting down the road, but when you can tie it to, uh, you know... I, I like Bitcoin. I don't like crypto. 
that's my Same. simple opinion, but I could talk about that for hours. Uh, and so as we look at what's like the, the commonality, uh, what's the, the thing underlying the value that determines the sh- shared value of where I believe something is 200 units of something and I believe it's also 200 units of this thing, uh, that gets really exciting. We're looking at um, countries like El Salvador and how they've implemented uh, decentralized currency through things like Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, which so, is cool. I'm so actually awesome. heading to El Salvador in April, which will be very cool. Let me know when you do. We might uh, join you there. I Let's have a couple friends there, it. like uh, Max Kaiser, who do really oh, awesome yeah. things down there. Um, and uh, yeah, let's definitely talk about that more right. offline. We have another commentator on Rumble, Oinker Space, who said, quote, an online swap meet. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's really awesome. And I think that will definitely decentralize a lot of things where you could even have your own kind of uh, barter currency where you don't have to use Federal Reserve fiat slave notes that, of course, are paid for by blood and the U.S. petrodollar and the U.S. war machine, which brings me perfectly to the next story. And that, of course, is Nikki Haley, who came out and now is saying that Vladimir Putin played a role in the Hamas attacks on Israel. Why? Well, listen to her herself explain. Remember when I told you Putin hit rock bottom? Hamas invaded Israel and did all that brutality on October 7th. October 7th is Putin's birthday. Who's the happiest person in the world right now? Putin. Why? Because the U.S. and the West took all their eyes off of Ukraine and what we do started looking at Israel. Did Putin call Netanyahu? Nope, not for 10 days. You know who he did call? Hamas. They came the next day and they held hands and said they were friends. We now know the Russian intelligence is what helped Hamas know how to get through that barrier. See the connection. If we supported Ukraine and supported Israel, that's only 5% of our defense budget. What an absolute freaking dumbass. Because Putin has a fucking birthday on the day that Hamas attacked, therefore he is somehow responsible and you need to connect the dots. This brings a new meaning to that conspiracy post on that fucking billboard where they're trying to connect all the fucking dots there. There's no fucking dots there. This is ridiculous and you could just see her fomenting at the mouth at the prospects of launching yet another global apocalyptic fucking war with one of the most nuclear prepared countries on the fucking world. Russia, again, mobilized its troops, is mobilizing its resources. It's literally preparing and doing war games with its population, simulating what would happen if they would lose one third of their people. They are the most nuclear prepared country in the fucking world. And Nikki Haley... If she's going to become president of the United States, which who the fuck knows with the way things are going, she absolutely probably will be expanding the conflict in Ukraine in a very dangerous situation. But freaking hell, hell, now having a birthday somehow makes you guilty of of a Hamas terrorist attack? (laughs) How? Where the fuck is the logic in that thing? I, I was born on the same day as Obama, so our politics have to be aligned. That's yes. how it works. I mean, it's just hey, it, you really did like Larry Sinclair when he came here. <laughs> so there is a connection. There is a connection. <laughs> me, me and Obama are Eskimo brothers. About you today. Yeah. yeah, that's not true, yeah. by the way. Larry Sinclair uh, was our first episode ever. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. As soon episode as episode number one, right, not, right when he 
Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, right when he finished with Tucker Carlson on X, we had him. The minute that that interview ended, we had him in studio. It was incredible. It was wow. the first episode that launched this podcast, and you could still see the sign that I have that I pick <laughs> him up at the airport. <laughs> the sign says, "The guy who smoked uh, crack with Obama." He signed it, and I went to the airport. Literally, uh, used that to, to to pick him up. September sixth, a day that will live in infamy. I knew. I, I I've known Larry Sinclair for a very very long time, and his story hasn't changed wow. and uh, truly fascinating interview but but not to digress t- too much here away from Nikki Haley uh, I, w- I would say awful awful policies and there's a reason BlackRock State Street mm-hmm. and all these other major institutions are bankrolling her because they know she's going to be good for the military industrial complex she's going to be good it. for the DEI effort she's going to be great for the larger socialism that they want to put on everyone she's been wrong about fucking everything for years in a, in a catastrophic fashion and yet she is the second leading contender for the GOP nomination which just fucking blows my mind uh, like I was I was thinking about it last night it's like the the people that must be answering that they prefer Nikki Haley in this race are the type of folks that go I didn't really love the uh, the Obama administration. I didn't didn't love the Trump administration. Certainly don't like the Biden administration. What I really want, George W. Bush Part Two. That's what I want. I want to have more war on terror. I want to have more more crony capitalism. It's just it's infuriating. And I mean the fact that that people like Trump get accused of being conspiracy theorists, and then you have Nikki Haley who's saying that Vladimir Putin's responsible for the attack of Hamas against Israel because his birthday was the day that they attacked. It's fucking lunacy, pure crazy. And the whole extrapolation of her theory of, yeah, it's his birthday, and he didn't call Netanyahu for 10 days, and then he did call Iran the day after, and they shook hands, and they have a great... So Putin's actually working behind the scenes to take over the world through Iran, and you're all going to die unless we send a lot of money to Raytheon. It's like... The the, the mental gymnastics... I do give a 10 out of 10 for mental gymnastics. (laughs) It was something. Um, But what I will say is that uh, this whole theory that Putin wants to take over the world, regardless of how you feel about the guy, like it's a border dispute in a part of the country that Vivek properly pointed out she could not name. And you really tell me that a mid-70s guy who may or may not have Parkinson's is really on the quest for world domination right now, that that's what we need to be most afraid of. Meanwhile, like people are doing heroin in the streets here. Our water we can't drink in, in Mississippi. The country's decimated, and I'm paying 26% more for eggs than I was last year. Like the idea that we should care at all about what's happening on this stretch of prairie dirt on the other side of the world with no actual global consequence to me is absurd. One more point. Uh, uh, Tim Dillon pointed this out on Joe Rogan. I think it was yesterday. He was talking about this clip, or maybe it was this today then. He was talking about this clip and how the neocon warmongering establishment's favorite phrase is, we're leaving all options on the table. Hmm. We're leaving all options on the table. What are you going to do about it? You can't, well, all options are on the table. Are you, you going to go to war with Iran? All options are on the table. And his point was... Trump is not that way. Not all options are on the table for Trump. Trump's very clear about what he will and will not do. We are not doing war. We're not going to do that. We're going to go back to peace through strength. Like he keeps saying all the time. Now, we got to address Yemen. We got to address some other things, right? But, but the point is, 
these other candidates, Vivek, are very clear about what they will or will not endorse or be complacent in. Whereas Nikki's the one who where everything's on the table. Lindsey well, Graham. You oh, know, yeah. so. keep, keep in mind, too, that the, the reason that Putin wouldn't have reached out to Israel after the attack is primarily because Israel, along with the U.S., work in tandem to sanction and try and break his nation. They also have been arming Ukraine in a, in a fight that the Russians perceive to be existential because they need Sevastopol to have a, their singular warm water port year round. I mean, this—it's so ridiculous. If you if you completely begin history on that day and then say it's also because it's his birthday and and we've never done anything to Putin for him to be upset about, it's just like it's just it's just so disingenuous. It's so yeah. transparently full of shit. We got another super chat from Mark X Live saying, "I wonder how much support for Trump removal from the ballot is hardcore conviction or just standard." Con conflict avoidance. Uh, that's a good comment, but we're a little bit off topic here. Also, we're going to be taking phone calls soon for members of LukeUnfiltered.com. We already have one caller lined up, but if you want to call, make sure to join the Telegram group as a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. And then, of course, right now, I am talking to you guys in the chat, and we will be going to our first caller, Keith, in just a little bit. But I thought Vivek's comments on this video, I thought were particularly very uh, important, as he said, quote, Nikki Haley is now psycho, uh, what is it? Psychotically. Psychotically claiming that Putin's birthday is on October 7th, and that's somehow related to Hamas attacks on Israel. You can see the money signs flashing in her eyes. She needs to publish her tax returns and clients of her defense contractor now. Roll that log over. Absolutely, I would agree with Vivek Ramaswamy here, who has been clashing with Nikki Haley more than any other kind of Republican presidential candidate out there, calling her out a lot of the times for her duplicitous, nefarious ways, as she is the perfect swamp monster. She is the perfect candidate that the establishment wants in there. Now, will they be successful in putting her in there? That's a question worth asking as she's polling pretty well in New Hampshire. She's polling pretty well in, in Iowa, and she's getting a lot of favorable play by the corporate media that loves her. Yeah. Of course, why wouldn't they? They serve the same kind of uh, Luciferian demonic interests that she, of course, wants to appease by worshiping more children at the um, altar of Moloch. That's just how I would describe it. Maybe yep, there's there's a little bit of an extrapolation there. But what would if you guys had a choice between Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who would you vote for? I my answer is easy. It's Joe Biden, and I and I I mean he's the worst president in my lifetime. Still, it's Biden over Nikki Haley is that dangerous. I yeah, honestly believe I, that. I'm with you, and and I am like a you know I I'm probably more conservative. I'm the more conservative person in the room in terms of some of my social views, maybe. And but Nikki's not socially conservative even. So like nope. she's pissed me off on that end too. She's the worst of everything to me. She's she's someone she, she who got, I think she got the Bubba Wallace and the yes, Jussie Smollett and like a bunch yeah, yeah a bunch of this but she she buys all of the corporate narratives when it comes to this race division op that's being ran yes she's just she's just a fucking idiot. she's the worst of everything <laughs> she she is super you know she's caved on all of her once deeply held convictions related to socially conservative stuff she is as DEI as it gets she's as ESG as it gets she panders to any audience she's in which is the thing I always hated most about Hillary. Clinton and she reminds me of her in a weird way and oh, God, I just can't stand her so I, I'll take the geriatric nut job that we currently have over Nikki Haley as well I think <laughs> absolutely I mean uh, either way we're, we're kind of screwed here yeah <laughs> either sure. way do like, we have to do these like, options? I, I, I know I mean I, I wouldn't I, I just wouldn't vote 
Um, if I had to, if I was forced, probably Biden. Let let the scam continue, and I think it would be more advantageous for the corporate uh, for the independent media to have Biden as the president there, just to show people how rigged everything is, just to show people how much of a puppet he is, how little power he has, and influence he has on the rest of Maybe. the world, and that there is a shadowy secret group really calling things behind the scenes. Because this is this is this is why they selected Biden. Biden's the perfect skin suit. He has a Fisher Price desk. At the White House, he has buttons. The, uh, he thinks he's doing something. He thinks he's he's accomplishing something. He thinks he's actually getting something done. It's not. It's all make pretend. The guy's barely there. He's not calling the shots. Who is? I think this is a perfect demonstration that lets the American people know that the president really isn't in charge. He doesn't have that much power. Someone else behind him. Someone else is way more powerful and isn't elected and is in Washington, D.C., that is truly calling the shots here. So yeah, if, I would go for Biden. That's what JFK said, right? I'm oh. not the one in charge. Said it a month yeah. before he died. Yeah, it's, it's like, true. I, I think we found that out uh, under the Trump administration when he tried to was, withdraw troops from Syria, and they just lied to him. Yep. It's like, oh, yeah, you're actually not in charge. But to Luke's point about his uh, Fisher uh, Biden's Fisher-Price desk, I would imagine his nuclear football is a nerf. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. actual. Like, there's no way the dude actually has the fucking codes of the yeah. nukes. It's, no. it's, it's not this possible. is real, Mr. President. We promise. He's <laughs> like, I didn't think nukes were squishy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, bud. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't. I can't do a Biden impersonation. Yeah. It's too bad. But uh, I mean, the the truth. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. The 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 truth is, if it's Nikki Haley or Biden, I would prefer it to be Biden. I mean, we lose absolutely. But I would prefer it to be Biden because if you're going to have a figurehead that's up there as as America implodes upon itself, I'd rather they not be the type that gives lip service to the Constitution. And, uh, and Nikki Haley does do that from time to time. So I, I would rather I would rather the Democrat who's talking about DEI and ESG and all this other shit. I want I want it to go to shit during that period so that hopefully people demand uh, a more conser- or a constitutionalist. Uh, also, I, I, I don't know if this is like an inappropriate thing to say, but I don't know what I feel about having a woman running the United States in comparison to the other global countries. Like we need to be respected as a country. And I think that there are a lot of other foreign countries that don't necessarily respect women in the way that they respect men. I don't think that that would, I I know I'm coming from a woman. I just don't see like in the middle East and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there is like some sort of prejudice that there where like, if we want to be like a strong represented country, I think it's more of a man's role. You know, yeah, yeah. Steph, you're right. She's going to, uh, she's going to get her period and blow up the world immediately. <laughs> I agree. I couldn't agree more. With- <laughs> Women stay out of politics. Abolish the 19th. Uh, no, no wait, it, wait, that is not what I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, the, no, the- but to your point though, she, because she has drank and drank the DEI, uh, Kool-Aid, She'll tell you, and she said this, you want something said, ask a man. Want something done, ask a woman. It's like, okay, first of all, that's such, like, pretentious BS. But on top of that, like... It's, it's actually not how the world feels. So you bring up a really good point, which is like the world sees that as a funny joke. Like you're, you're not going to go to Ben Salman and say that quirky little line of like, hey, you, you want something said, Prince of Saudi Arabia? You know, ask a man. You want it done, yeah. ask a woman. It's like, he'd, be, he'd be like, put on a hijab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Women weren't even driving in Saudi Arabia until 2019. So right. I, I think that uh, it is an interesting point that, I think Nikki too. My fear with her is 
she would be the type of person who believes the way to gain respect on the international stage is just go blow everything up. Well, that, that was exactly the point I was going to make. Look at fucking Hillary Clinton's track record. Almost every woman that hi, that rises to the highest level of power in the State Department or or the broader political establishment, they end up being some of the most vicious war hawks because they're constantly trying to offset this belief that they're weak because exactly. they're women. Exactly, and yeah. that's the issue because we don't need to be like warmongers. We don't exactly. need to like put on these pants and be like, I'm going to show you how strong I can be as a woman. No, that's like not what we need. We need like we need like peace. We need how do we come together? How do we build harmony with all these countries? And then it's kind of also begs the question of like, I feel like there's this argument on the other side where it's like America, we, we say like America first and there's so many things in America that we need to take care of before like meddling into foreign affairs and foreign politics and stuff. But I think one of the things that people usually say in regards to this point is, but what about all the contracts like so uncalled quote unquote contracts that we have to these other countries like don't we have like these deals where we're supposed to be there for them and if something's going off with them then we're supposed to support like how does that play a role that's one of my questions like how does on a global sphere how does that play a role when we're trying to be like America first how do we draw the line from when we're supposed to be helping other countries due to like these these contracts that we have with them on a global level this is this is what our founders talked about when it came to entangling alliances and Mm -hmm. they said they should be avoided at all costs that we should uh, trade with everybody but have no no uh you know defensive pacts or or agreements that like nato for instance would have been completely counter to what our founders warned against that's what i'm saying that's what i'm wondering you can't you can't be america first if you have article five holding you to a commitment especially when i mean this is why the whole ukraine thing it's like for for a lindsey graham and a nikki haley to push at all even slightly for a disputed territory currently to join nato here's what they're saying i want american young men to be obligated now into defending a land they've never heard of and we can't even put on a map that is currently in dispute. It's like um, it's like an insurance company dealing with pre-existing conditions. This may feel random, but here's my point. If I accept somebody who's really healthy, like that's a low risk to the insurer, right? But if I accept somebody with a lot of pre-existing conditions that's got a lot of challenges or a driver that's got a long rap sheet of a troubling record, like I'm taking on a lot of risk as the insurance company. Same thing geopolitically. If I'm advocating that Ukraine should join NATO, that is a troubled driver. They have a disputed territory at the moment. Russia's going after them. They should not be able to get an insurance policy. why would we insure them? No, it's insane. Well, and keep in mind, especially with how easily uh, their uh, their politicians are bought off. Yes. Well, yeah. keep, keep in mind too the criteria to enter to be uh, even considered to be added to NATO is exactly what you guys just detailed. You can't have a border dispute. You can't be in an active war. You can't have you can't have rampant corruption. You like you have to have legitimate elections and and democratic norms. They don't have any of that. None of it. What the fuck are we talking about? How are you going to add them into NATO? You're literally, you're literally voting for World War III with a nuclear power, with more nukes than any country on Earth, with hypersonic missiles, with ICBMs. It's crazy. It's suicidal, and it just demonstrates once again that these people, you know, even though they may give lip service to America first, it's the last thing in their mind. They are fucking Boeing first. They are BAE first. They are Lockheed Martin first. They don't give a shit about the American people. I'm so sick of it. And every policy that they push is not advantageous for America, its people, or its interests. I don't fucking understand how they could get away with just doing the worst atrocious fucked up thing on the world 
and then screw over not just the people of America, but the people that they're bombing and going after, and then still want more of it. That's just absolutely deranged thinking, and uh, I, I, I don't understand how these people have any legitimacy, and they only do because of the establishment propping them up. Mm-hmm. We got a caller from Keith, who is a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. We are going to be calling Keith now, and he's going to be asking us a question, and we are going to make sure that uh, all of this kind of goes through here as sometimes we face a little bit of a technical difficulties through these calls but uh we're gonna make it work like we always do and um again anyone could call in if they're members of lukeunfiltered.com keith we are waiting for you i think uh, i think keith called in um before as well let's make sure that uh, that everything here is working well, well, Luke, it's at work, and I just want to remind everybody, we are now uploaded on all the RSS platforms. You can find it, The Best Political Show. Go subscribe if you miss a show. Dot com. No, but... TheBestPoliticalShow.com. It's not on the RSS. It's just called The Best Political Show. Uh, but yeah, the website is TheBestPoliticalShow.com, but the RSS is The Best Political Show. Make sure you guys subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Well, I'm still dealing with... Um Trying to get the keep talking. All right. Well, then I'll continue. Uh, we have almost 28 episodes that have been uploaded already. What's uh, this episode? Uh, what number is this? I think it's 29, but I could be wrong. It's give or take one. So we're we've been uh crushing it three episodes per week. We can uh expect to do that for the uh indeterminate future. And I'm super excited about it. So make sure you guys subscribe, share the show around with your friends. It's a great way to spread the word. Well, we have to because we have a we have a contract with uh with Rumble as well. Well, I know, but so we, we also love doing what we're doing. Right, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Michael, what, what should we talk about? Well, just one quick note on Rumble, by the way. I love this platform. Chris is a good friend, uh, CEO at Rumble. And uh, they've got cool things for the future, too. We're excited f- to be in the fight for the parallel economy together. I think in the world of media and getting the word out, uh, and housing great content like this, and then helping people actually transact. You know, uh, Amazon and Snapchat just announced a deal last week, actually. Did they really? Yeah, wow. bringing commerce and entertainment together uh, and media. It's fascinating. Um, it's dystopian and weird, too. Wait, what? So Who in China? Amazon and Snapchat. Oh. Yeah, very fascinating. And so Chris and I are, like, chomping at the bit to figure out what we can do together uh, to further grow our companies together. They've been an amazing team and but you're, really I mean, wonderful to work with. So. Yeah, the, the symbiotic nature of your two endeavors are so obvious. You know, it's like the, he, he is going to need you guys and vice versa because I think it's going to be a fantastic outlet for you guys to, to market, uh, you know, non-woke companies or whatever you want to call it. And, and vice versa, as they have more and more advertiser pressure that you guys can help thousand them out. Percent. Yeah. Hello. Hey, Keith. Hey, hey, how are you guys doing? Keith, how are you? Um, we got you pulled up here. Do you want to turn on your video camera? Uh, sure, yeah. It sh- I thought, it- okay, here we go. Yeah. Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, I'm over here in the uh, western climes of uh, sunny San Pedro, Belize. Uh, happy Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. Um, so I had a comment for Michael. Um, uh, it's amazing the, uh, the networking that you've been able to accomplish, um, through, um, through public square. Um, I was wondering if you ever thought of, uh, trying to make committees because, uh, 
like taking a page from uh, Cecil B. Rhodes' Last Will and Testament, uh, a lot of leverage is obtained by making committees of thousands of people so that you can then uh, lobby the government for different changes. And uh, the way that you do collectivism is the right way to do collectivism voluntarily, not like the uh, LGBTQ plus blah, 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 whatever they are, um, you know, where they collectivize a bunch of people that have no say whatsoever. Um, So I don't know any thoughts on that. Definitely. Two things. First off, San Pedro is on my uh, bucket list for sure. I love to free dive and spearfish. And so uh, San Pedro Belize has always been uh, at the top of the list. Would love to go. Beautiful coral reefs. Um, So I'm envious of you. I'm living vicariously through your location right now. Uh, (laughs) The second thing I'll say, though, is that um, we actually, great minds think alike. This is a desire for us as the existing U.S. Chamber of Commerce especially has crumbled. So the U.S. Chamber of Commerce used to do what you're describing. They used to band small businesses together voluntarily, and they would represent their interests in Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce now embraces open borders, which is the very worst thing for a small business. So it's they, they've completely neglected their original uh, mandate as an organization. And because of that, uh, there's been this massive hole left open of who the heck is going to represent the interests of the American small business community. We really believe that we can fill that in a pretty profound way. One example that we just launched recently is the Public Square Town Hall series. So the way this works is we go to different districts around the country and we get our businesses from that district together and we have an elected official answering to the business owners and we have me and Don Jr. and some other folks that are there answering questions and talking to the interests of the small business community. So we launched this last month in Indiana with Congressman Jim Banks, who's running for Senate there. So it was Jim Banks, me, uh, Donald Trump Jr. Jim Banks is also the chairman of the Anti-Woke Caucus in the House. And then we had a bunch of small businesses in the room and they got to express their interests. So we're looking at how we formalize that heading into 2024. Um, You know, I I don't know. I couldn't speak too much on the long-term trajectory of is there a world in which there is some sort of um, 501c4 structure that exists as a political entity. We really believe the biggest way we can impact politics is by on the, the commerce front shifting the profit centers because politics in, in a major way is influenced by who profits. And so um, that's definitely our focus. But to any degree that we can represent the values and the interests of the we, the people that are on the platform, we take advantage of. One more thing I'll mention every month. Uh, I encourage you to check out publicsquare.com. I think this is on our, it's on the bottom of the page. If you go to in the news, uh, we do something called the freedom economy index where every month we actually pull our small businesses and we ask them questions about inflation, the economy, binomics, uh, overregulation. We ask them questions about where are they hiring? Are they firing costs of goods? If they're passing those costs onto the customer, we ask them a million different questions. And every month since July, we've released a freedom economy monthly report. That's a great way too to get the word out. A lot of media has then picked that up, which is fantastic. Maybe next time I'm on with you guys, we'll review some findings. Awesome. It's it's uh, really fascinating to hear their interest. So that's a lot, but uh, we're doing piecemeals of what you describe right now, and I'm excited to see how we formalize it moving. I forward. can't believe what you guys have accomplished in 18 months. It does it like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even seem possible to me. Like when I when I first started talking about ESG was two years ago. Six months after that, you start this company and you're like one of the biggest companies out there doing it now. It's just 
I mean, you're definitely Thank the you. biggest company out there doing this. So it's amazing. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank well, you. There, well, there's definitely a village. A, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a need in the market for uh, just just individuals putting their money where their mouth is. So uh, you giving people the opportunity to do so is definitely something absolutely imperative. Keith, uh, did that answer your question? And do you have anything else to say? Uh, yeah, that, no, that was that was pretty good. Um, also, I do have something else to say. I mentioned in the forum. Uh, I've been a singer for over 30 years. I, I sing and play guitar here on the island. Uh, Coconut Trio is the name of my band. We have a website, blah, blah, blah. We don't sell anything. But there's this product. I, I put it on your uh, on your forum. It's called Vocal Zone. This is an amazing product. But you know the problem is it has seed oil in it, and we don't like that. But the... The advantage damn, damn that right. it gives. Seed oils are bad for you. Clint likes seed oils. Right. I, we don't like seed oils. <laughs> right. But, but the advantage that it gives to a sore a sore throat or um, if your voice your voice was rough when you first uh, traveled when you made your videos I, I forget which video it was but your voice was rough and uh, and I wanted to I wanted you to know that there is a product but if you made one you know through your store. I think the main ingredient is myrrh, is is what helps a lot, but it's a myrrh, licorice, menthol, and peppermint. Like those are the main ingredients that that really do soothe the voice, um, and it's it's great. If you had that in your store, you could sell it to every podcaster you know. You'd make a million. I'd buy it from you because I need this. Anytime anything goes in the air wrong here, whatever. I take one of these before I sing. Got it. Thank you, Keith, uh, so yeah. much for be being a yeah, member. Man. Thank you so much for your input. Thank you so much for uh, participating in this conversation. I'm going to answer your question, and I'm going to see if uh, there's any other callers also available. But I, I, I do understand the need for, for being an entrepreneur since, of course, we used to rely heavily on YouTube monetization. We were one of the first channels to be officially cut off from YouTube demonetization for absolutely no reason at all. I remember something was happening to my channel. I was kind of asking everyone, like, hey, is anyone else dealing with this? Nope. And it definitely does look like we were the first kind of demonetized YouTube partner channel out there that was essentially just screwed over. And this is when I started my first shirt. And that is the shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's it's still the same one. It's still it's still a little a little beat up, but it's been around for many years. And it's and it just says demonetized. This was the first shirt that we made after we were fully demonetized, and uh, it, it made me start another t-shirt company. And this is why we have the bestpoliticalshirts.com. And that shirt company has allowed me to sustain and survive as an independent media organization. We also launch supplements on wearechange.shop that are American made that are produced here in the United States that are sourced from really awesome human beings working on some really awesome farms here doing some really cool things. So uh, this is another way to support us through wearechange.shop. Another business that I'm thinking about starting and maybe someone else could help me here or, or wants to participate uh, with me on this project and that is of course 
Polish beef organ pierogies, which I think would be awesome. It's just a personal wish from mine, but uh, <laughs> that, but that's something that that is is a, a tangent. It's a little bit out there. Of course, a something... Polish guy wants pierogies. Unbelievable. Yeah, you never had real Polish pierogies. Once, I'm once sure they're did, amazing. Once you do, you fully understand just how amazing and powerful they are. I like your profile in Public Square. Supercharge your well-being. Be the happiest, healthiest, fittest version of yourself. We are changed out shop. That's yep. nice, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we put we put everything up on Public Square Love as it. well. Let's go. And the I don't know if there's a, yeah yeah I don't know if there's a Public Square URL that we have, or if you just go to Public Square, you could probably find us on yeah, uh, by typing we, we are change. change and boom, it's right there. Perfect. Really awesome. cool. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate we put everything up on Public Square. Let's um, go. Because we definitely agree with Public Square. So being an entrepreneur is now I think more necessary than ever. Um, since the old ways of surviving and making money as a media organization, that that is just taken away from us. And there is a larger financial legal lawfare out there that is trying to stop individuals from being able to speak to each other. And sadly, the, the larger censorship efforts that, that people had to go through within the last few years have destroyed a lot of independent media companies. There were a lot of online comment uh, creators and, and, and content creators out there that were doing incredible works that were really awesome, that were really powerful, but they had to stop because there was no way for them to make any money. I realized if I want to make money, if I want to survive, if I want to build and grow this empire, I have to think from a business entrepreneurial perspective. We have shirts, we have supplements, soon beef organ pierogies, you name it. We're going to have it. And uh, delving into this business world has been a big endeavor. Stephanie has been been uh, a big help to it. It hasn't been easy, but uh, it, there definitely are a lot of very important learning lessons through everything that we've been realizing in this kind of uh, business world that we are all in. Quick shout out to Rumble, who uh, as Luke already detailed, YouTube had demonetized. Rumble swooped in and has remonetized, if you shall. And uh, I think that it, for those that want to support our work, it's also very important that you support the the few platforms out there that are actually willing to put their money where their mouth is. Rumble is one of them. Public Square is one of them. Make sure that you uh, sign up, create an account on Rumble so you can actually let them know that you're here because there's a ton of people that watch anonymously, and it'd be great if they could know that the users are uh, are signing up. Absolutely. We have another Rumble rant from Crash Bandit who says, The Lotus Eaters podcast covered the history of kings and queens starting wars a few months back. Queens were more likely to start a war than yep. kings. I've heard that. Um, I haven't looked at the d data myself, but that, that kind of makes sense. We had Carl Benjamin of the Lotus Eaters here in studio. We actually took him shooting, too. He had a fun time here in Miami, way better than uh, the Beanie Man's compound. He told me personally, he was like, yeah, I'm, I was so happier. I was way happier here in Miami than I was with uh, Tim Pohl over there in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, you know, the, the title of this video is Shots Fired Against Tim Pool." So I, you got you to shoot some shots. Yeah, you got you to gotta let people know uh, what's going on here. But uh, there, there's another story that I think we could get into before uh, ending this broadcast as we are still um, almost at the end here. But there's this GIF that's going viral right now. Mm. Ste Stephanie, <laughs> con control yourself, woman. Uh, you guys can't see it, but it's donuts being stuffed with cream filling. Mm. And Stephanie, control, woman, control yourself. <laughs> I'm uh, this this uh -huh. is this is against Michael's Christian conservative nature. Please <laughs> please stop. 
And and the title of this story is Gays in the U.S. Capitol when people go home for the night. As there's a second Capitol sex tape that happened this month. Yes, you heard that correctly. There's a second. Capital sex tape that happened this month alone. Same dude? Who was it? Um, it was a Republican staffer this time. Oh. Good, good to know that the... It's bipartisan. The, 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 the whatever... What's the word? Uh, sodomy. Good, yeah. good, <laughs> yeah. good yeah. to know that the congressional sodomy is bipartisan. I'm very this glad to know. This is how Christian know. conservative yeah. he is. He forgot yeah. the word sodomy. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's not a left or right issue. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's bipartisan. It, it's an up and down exactly. issue. Yes. But, uh, but, yes. but holy it's fucking... partisan, if you will. Yes, yeah. that's can, correct. Can, can, <laughs> <laughs> everything is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but seriously, can these people control themselves? No. Like, like seriously, do they have any self-control? And uh, yeah, this one's from the House side, but this one is the second one this month. And holy frickin' cow, can they just can they just keep it in the pants? Can they just stop with this, I think, a larger like, representation of what the government does to everyone else in America? Yes. And uh, it's... Uh, this is... This is just, I think, a testament of our end of times. This, honestly, to me, this is the least offensive thing that's happened in the, in the Congress in the past three years. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I can't, I'm not steal really. Steal your money. They... Yeah, like they they kill people. They do all sorts of fucking evil shit. They shut down millions of, of small businesses and they hand out trillions of dollars to crony corporations. I, go fuck each other. Like literally, it's okay. That's fine. That's like the that's the least deleterious, uh, you know, consequence of your behavior. But but the fact that they're 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 filming it. They're they're literally and, and then the, oh, the, 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 film, the films the films coming out uh, highlights I, I think just a uh, uh, just disregard for oh, any I kind agree. of rule of law or any kind of uh, respect or or previous kind of adoration for something that 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 a lot of people previously used to look up to. But but now it's just uh, a, a filthy uh, whorehouse. I'm looking forward to the LinkedIn post. I'm looking yeah. forward to the explanation on LinkedIn. Yeah. Who the fuck posts on LinkedIn to explain themselves? That's such a weird thing. I would never disrespect my place of work. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, he was really framing himself as if he was a victim. It yeah. was fascinating. Yeah, uh, was it's because I'm gay. That's why. It's yeah. the political opposition against my it's sexual like, it's orientation. Like, no, it's you like, you filmed yourself getting boo food in the Senate, bro. Like you can't do that. Uh, what? Why are they videoing it? I, that's what yeah, I'd like to weird. know. Like, like if you're gonna do it, you, that's your kink. You're a weirdo. Fine. Okay. Weird. But why are you videoing it? Because we don't have public shame anymore. There used to be a time Man. when, like, we can't video this. Are you kidding? Like, yeah. we're gonna people are gonna find out. Now they're like posting it on their shit, and it's like there's no more shame. You had that other that other bald dude that was caught stealing uh, people's oh, luggage, yeah, luggage like fifty guy. times. Sam Britton, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I'm, I'm stunned that it's not him. Yeah, that's the doing luggage shit. You know, like, it, well, he probably it did. Two to tango. <laughs> Maybe he was <laughs> not in the video. <laughs> that's a good point. You good never point. know. No, no. I mean, there probably is something. Um, with him in, 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 in the White House. For sure. And uh, I, I think this debaucherous, unfamily-like behavior is just becoming the new norm. South Park, uh, in their latest Brilliant. episode on pa uh, Paramount Plus, depicted a lot of this. Now, I haven't seen this full uh, new South Park special, but this is the Daily Mail article about it that is titled, South Park Fans Go Wild for Sexual Only Fans Special Not Safe for Children 
hailing it as hilarious and very accurate as the episode addresses the world of online pornography on OnlyFans. And I could just only imagine what scenes, what different videos that South Park is going to be pulling off. As, of course, there's a new clip also going viral on social media with, I think, this being one of the clips from the latest special episodes. Oh, hey, Stan, do you want to be in our affinity group? What's an affinity group? It's like when people separate into little clubs by, like, skin color or religious beliefs and talk about how much better they are than everyone else. Usually white people can't be in an affinity group, but it's for a drink, so they have to let us. Oh, hey, Stan! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, that, that's pretty accurate. Yep. And uh, who better to, to break down the larger degeneracy DEI scam than Cartman of South Park, <laughs> who, of course, will be taking full exploitative advantages of this weird situation that we all find ourselves in because of essentially this kind of cultural Marxism that we're all forced to live in. Public Square should be working on a sponsorship deal with Cartman. I feel like he's the... He's he a would be a great influencer. <laughs> he would yes, be pretty yes, good. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just a more serious point about why I think that you're seeing so much like perversion and shit that's happening in our political establishment. Luke's talked about this uh, you know, quite famously for years, is that in order to have compromise, in order to have compromised individuals within the political establishment that can be controlled and manipulated and, and blackmailed, you have to have people that are, are like this. And I think that's why we're seeing more and more of it. It's just like instead of it being kind of uh, you know beneath the sheets, it's now out in public and they're videoing it and they don't really give a fuck because they're surrounded by a bunch of degenerates and that's, that's where we're at. Individuals yeah. who don't have impulse control, I think, is another yeah. important aspect to a lot of this since that behavior is being prioritized, but also more importantly, taught to individuals. So this episode of South Park allegedly talks about how children are targeted by online influencers and a lot of these online hoes out there. They also talk about the kind of real life world of, of social media and they heavily critique it. There's a lot to critique here. There's mm -hmm. a lot to go after, as I think personally myself, there is a larger agenda to sexualize as many children as possible because when you do that, you get rid of the possibilities of those children ever being healthy young adults in relationships that are able to have families and reproduce in a way that, of course, the system doesn't like. Mm -hmm. The system wants you to be alone. They want you to be pathetic. They want you to not have a strong family unit because then you could be easily conquerable. And I think that's essentially the larger agenda at play here that we're seeing unfold in front of our eyes. I don't know what you guys think about that particular matter. Some people say I might be too socially conservative on this. I think I'm not being enough, especially when you look at the larger effects of our children and the larger suicide rates, the, the self-harm rates, the mental harm rates, and just, uh, just, how, just how screwed up the, the young kids of our modern society are in part because of social media influencing their everyday life. For, for me, this is very simple. If Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and and the CCP and all these other fucking lunatics want to see the global population decrease, then I'm on I'm on the other side of it. Yep. Pretty simple. That's pretty. That's are you pro-human flourishing right. or not? Yeah. Because there's ideologies and lifestyles that lead to that, and there's lifestyles that don't. Well, and then you have all these like indoctrinated college kids that have been convinced that their own 
exhalation of air is now a threat to humanity. Yeah. I mean, people are. This is this is one of the more uh, broad as opposed to these like very specific psyops with COVID and and lockdowns and shit like that or the vaccines. This is a, a more broad psyop that has been decades in the running, where they have mm-hmm. used carbon emissions to to ultimately remove more and more of your individual liberty and accumulate more and more power and wealth for themselves. I hope that people are starting to wake up to this because it, all you have to do is look at carbon emissions that are coming from all these other developing nations. And then all you have to do is look at that and you'll realize every ounce of suffering that's happening domestically in the cause of fighting climate change is all for naught. It means nothing. We will either innovate our way out of this. If you believe it's a problem, I don't, or we will die. That's, that's the only answer. You're not going to be able to stop human innovation and, and, uh, you know, breathing (laughs) to, to deal with the changing temperature on earth. It's ridiculous. I have two thoughts. Number one is, did you see the, uh, the camera footage of the Pornhub executive admitting what they do with their content to minors, how they display it? I have not. No. So one of the execs at Pornhub was caught on camera in sort of James O'Keefe style, um, hidden camera interview and admitted that it's their goal to trans the kids. So they're putting more transgender oh, pornography content oh, in, yeah. in front of younger people uh, and uh, younger audiences. It's, it's disturbing. There's an actual agenda here to distort the minds of young people into believing that anything, uh, you can't have anything normal. You can't have anything what your parents said it's supposed to be like. Fascinating. It's, it's typical communist tactics, too. It's get your next generation to rebuke everything of their elders. So any sort of normalcy or just status quo, even the biggest pornography companies are out there trying to say whatever your parents said is degenerate, that's what you should embrace with the goal of actually shifting behaviors. The other thing is, did you see that video of a really good creator? He's this, uh, he's probably a late 20s, pretty good looking guy, fit. He's in a diner. It's like old school, and he walks up to this girl, and he asks oh, her I on a date. Yeah. Did you see yeah, this? Yeah. And then when he gets back down, and he sits down, he's looking at her number, and all of a sudden, it warps. The music gets darker. It shifts into a minor key, and you see it's just the Tinder swiping and things. And it's like, you cannot make the case to me that humanity has become better off through the hyper-digital sexualization of culture. You just can't, especially as it's target young people. People are more depressed. They're more sad. They're not having as fulfilling of relationships. And I just, I think it's really important that we go back to basics here. And uh, I think that it sounds like there are a lot of really cool entities. I love South Park. I love that South Park is kind of on the forefront of mocking this culture that we've been taught to accept of just like they've, they've digital been doing fake relationships. They've been doing it at the highest level for decades. Yeah. It's or almost 30 years now. It's absolutely incredible, the longevity. Uh, but, you know, to your point about the the digital landscape and what that's done to our, our, our interpersonal relationships, it's not just the the dating aspect that's been ruined because in, in that regard, it makes us feel as if there's infinite options and therefore we're always trying to level yeah. up and you're never going to settle. You know, you can't settle. Uh, but it, it is also made it so that we're constantly looking at at other people's lifestyles and it's always the the highest moments the kind of the pinnacle moment of their month that they'll post on instagram and then you feel as if oh my life is not going very well so it 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 causes depression it causes anxiety and and you see uh, like you can actually chart this with the advent of social media and the uptick in users you have also seen uh, a, a 
correlating uptick in anxiety and depression and suicide and ideation and drug addiction and all these other things. Uh, I think it's it really we need to reflect on on what that's doing to us. And you know, because I'm a libertarian, I don't want the government involved in in course correcting this. However, I do agree with your assessment that it is a problem. But the government is subsidizing it, it's promoting it, and essentially allowing a lot of duplicitous behavior when it comes to even addressing sure. a lot of these issues that they stop and make sure aren't really addressed in a really real clear and honest way as of course a lot of people now prioritize short uh, term dopamine uh, kind of releases and short term pleasures rather than actually trying to work towards something bigger and greater than themselves lots lots of things that we could go down the rabbit hole specifically with this conversation there was a lot more videos we were supposed to show you and get into we didn't have the chance but uh, regardless of that Michael I thought this was a, a great conversation this was really awesome thank you so much for your insight for your perspective a lot of people really appreciated uh, your input and more importantly what you do with Public Square I think is absolutely important so it means a lot for, for you to come here to be in studio with us. Thank you so much for, for doing that. Uh, if people want, want to find out more about you and support you, where can they do that? Well, you guys are legends. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Anytime, this was a blast. Uh, great conversation. I am at publicsquare.com. I'm also on X. Uh, so if you want to hear from me, thoughts on the economy, politics, culture, etc., uh, you can head to X. I'm real Michael Seif, S-E-I-F, first four letters of my last name. Public Square is where you can shop your values, you know, with uh, a real sense of assurance that you're not funding your opposition. If you want to shop without being indoctrinated and facing political pressure, then publicsquare.com is your go-to. We hope that you will embrace a challenge with us of dive in <laughs> the, for the a week. The public square challenge. Yes, dive in yes. for a week. Spend all your, uh, uh, do your daily shopping on public square for your household goods. Steph, love the, to help mar- you out. Steph the marketing genius. Yeah, we need to bring <laughs> you on marketing. It's <laughs> <laughs> Thank wonderful. Thanks for having me, guys. No, that was a great, great idea. Um, yeah, at Liberty Lockpod on uh, on Twitter or X, if you will, Liberty Lockdowns. the show. I've got a new episode of my show, Liberty Lockdown, premiering on Rumble right now. So as soon as we're done here, hop over to Liberty Lockdown on Rumble and subscribe. Thank you. Steph. You can find me on X, Steph WRC, and Instagram, Steph We Are Change. All right, sign up to rumble.com forward slash we are change. Because you do, that's why we're here. We got 72, you know, 0.3 thousand followers in, in a span of, of about two months. It's incredible. Uh, there's only going to be way more from here. We're going to have a lot of really incredible guests coming in studio. We're doing another show 2 p.m. tomorrow, getting deep into the rabbit holes in the spiritual world, especially when it comes to addressing interdimensional energetic beings that are probably all around us. So deep conversation tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern here on rumble.com forward slash we are change. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And this is why I love you guys. Stay tuned for more on the best political show.com. Sweet.